Knockback is brought to you by thousands of supporters on Patreon at patreon.com slash Stand. If you want to show your support for Knockback, as well as CLS's PlayStation podcast, Sacred Symbols, the eclectic interview series, Fireside Chats, and the YouTube gaming series, SideQuest, please consider going to Patreon and pledging for a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you. Your Patreon support doesn't only ensure that CLS continues to produce the content you love, like Knockback, but you can get cool perks, too, depending on your level of support. You can get early access to each episode of Fireside Chats, Sacred Symbols, and Knockback, totally ad-free. You can vote for show topics and provide feedback to be read on air. You can listen to exclusive podcasts only available to patrons, and much more. Your support is essential if Colin's Last Stand is to continue well into the future, so please consider showing some love. Again, that's patreon.com slash Stand. Thank you for your kindness, generosity, and support. Without you, CLS wouldn't exist. But enough of that. On to the show. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to Knockback. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined as always by my brother, Dagan Moriarty. Hi, guys. How's your life? My life is well. Yeah? It's good. Yeah. Is it well or good? I think your life is good. Yeah, my yeah. life life is good. You're one of the only people in the history of the English language that fucked it up the other way around. Yeah, that's yeah. rare. Oof. Leave it to me. I'm unique. Yeah, well. <laughs> Let's go with unique. That's true Let's enough. just go with unique. That's true enough. <laughs> Well, for the uninitiated, Knockback is a retro and nostalgia podcast that my brother and I do every week. That's the other thing, by the way, me, my yep. brother, my brother and I. I really honestly don't understand all the grammar rules around, you know, like me and you. You and yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just go with the general rule, put the other person first. But that's not always correct, though, right? I don't know. I can't keep up with all of it. It's like, you know, how the word literally was actually changed in the Oxford Dictionary to mean what people just bent it to mean. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, they, they like took it in. That kind of, you know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Dig, today we're doing an episode of Knockback, this nostalgia and retro podcast that you and I do each week, all about lunchtime and recess. And the reason I came up with this topic as we're recording Wave 5, and it's my turn to pick the topics, you and I alternate every wave picking the topics, is because I was kind of surprised during Wave 3, I think it was, when I picked kind of these amorphous topics that were actually really popular, that I thought were going to be not popular like some of the least popular episodes these are great like the video store was one right that we did that was fun that That was kind of strange like that so we have these kind of funny ones that are not really about like a license or an ip or a video game or a movie or whatever but just about an experience and the lunchtime and recess experience i think is quintessential to all of our nostalgic kind of muscles so i'm excited about this one this is gonna be a fun one now before i get started on that i want to remind everyone that Knockback, as well as my other shows, Fireside Chats, Sacred Symbols, SideQuest, are all sponsored by patreon.com slash and the thousands of people over there that support our show and our shows, and we can't do it without you, so we thank you for that. And I say that, Dagan, because today we are going to basically drive this episode by using listener submissions, of which we got a lot, and of which there are some pretty funny ones in there, some pretty earnest ones, just people's experiences and their own memories with lunchtime and recess and the questions that are embedded in there, I think will be a great way for us to drive this episode because we can jump in as opposed to going back and forth with our own memories. And then at the end, we can fill in the gaps. If I can't wait. We, I can't wait. I think, it's a good, so I think it's going to be a good way to do it. So fun. And these aren't in any order. I actually pretty meticulously put the questions in some sort of order and did some sort of like you know annotation for them for yeah. this wave yeah. to keep things a little organized. Not this time. I just want to see where... This one brings us. So I actually think these are based on the order in which they were submitted. There you go. Let's meander. Shall we? Yes, please. Now, I'm not sure about this first name. It's either Kyle or Kiel. K-I-E-L. Kyle, you would say, right? Cool name. K-I-E-L? K-I-E-L. I I don't know. That could go either way for me. His last name is Principato. I'm going to say Kyle Principato. Cool name. 
says, what's up, guys? Thanks for the great content. You're very welcome, and thank you for your support. Thank you. When thinking about recess, I recall just being so stoked to get out of the classroom and run around doing whatever bullshit we did as kids. We would start our days with some quick mental math to figure out how much time we had until each break from class. It was a time of freedom and learning and how to socialize and interact with our peers. Lunchtime, on the other hand, makes me think of high school and beyond, where it became that little respite from the reality that adulthood usually means doing things you don't want to do. In other words, lunchtime is the adult's recess. And also, lunch just sounds good. It's a solid mealtime, and some of my favorite foods could traditionally be considered lunchtime foods. I wanted to touch on one thing in this one, Dagan, for you. How do you feel about this idea that lunchtime today is adult's recess? When you're at work. I mean, we all work our jobs, and we're, That's you know, what I used is. to work in an office I don't anymore. Yeah, you're talking about in the in the workspace, yeah, in the like professional work, environment. Yeah, I mean, I would say generally that's what, yeah, the weekday lunchtime is kind of... That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, go out with your peers, commiserate, manja. It is usually commiseration, isn't it? There's a lot of commiserating going it's on. It's funny. I've I've had some happy lunches, but a lot of... A lot you know, of like, those type of lunches, right? <laughs> venting. Venting <laughs> lunches, we'll call Yeah, it. venting lunches. That's so funny. Yeah, not being in an office environment since 2014 and working for myself, I do remember those days. I miss those days. Right? Going to the food trucks or going somewhere and just some something went wrong for someone. Right. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. So it's somebody's turn. It's always somebody's turn. Everybody takes a turn commiserating. Somebody's having a bad day, and then next week the other person's having a bad day. So you got to... You got to be there for somebody, you know, and then the next week's might be your turn. <laughs> you know, you might do the leaning and then you might get leaned on. I, had a few t- I took a few turns. <laughs> By the way, we were premature digging. I forgot we forgot to do our dad joke before. Let's we do that. Let's do a dad joke. So for the uninitiated, this wave, we're doing a few different traditions. We kind of mix them in. Digging really mixes them in. That's kind of the spice yeah. that he likes to bring to the show. And we're mixing in these dad jokes in the beginning, and then we're going to do something called You're the Worst. You're the Worst is our ending feature. So I'm sorry. I want to get your take on this, actually. So it's sort of my sort of thing to try to experiment and try new stuff and try to be creative, right? With everything I do, that's creative. So I've been trying to introduce new things into the show at the beginning, at the end, try to spice it up, try something new, which is fine. And I think it's my nature to keep doing that. But at what point... Does something really work well that people might like to stick around and then we have to stick with something so i want to be mindful of that i don't want to just keep creating things and then people are like wait what happened to two two waves ago you guys did this cool thing i want that back so you guys could always feel free to chime in first of all on that of course no although i like th- that you bring a different variety it's you just, do it's like cool that. and i like that it kind of time stamps each episode if you remove them from hmm. the continuity the Collins Last Stand Cinematic Universe. Yeah, well, which and, is a thing. And you removed them from that, and you just looked at them based on how we began them and ended them in the segments that they're in. You could probably put them in order, because I never say what number they are, because I often change them around as we record. We That's don't often point. record, and we don't always record in order, I should say. Yeah. It's not like sacred symbols or anything like that. Okay. So I just wanted to put that yeah, out that's there. A, that's, that's a nice notion, but I think you should take the... You have the agency to do what you want. Okay. Which is fun. I enjoy that. I know you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why did the banana go to the doctor? I don't know. Because he wasn't peeling well. Oh. That's awful. It's a really bad one. That's a really I have some bad ones. I have some really good ones this time, but not for this topic. (laughs) Not for this topic. I was just warning in advance. Okay, fair enough. What do you call a kid that eats the school lunch every day? I don't know. Starving. (laughs) (laughs) I take issue with that joke. And we're going to get into that later. I take great issue with All that. All right. Joke. Yeah. I to, we're we're going to cover that topic. God, it's one of the most disparaged things in the world. School like, lunch versus it goes taking like, lunch. It goes like George W. Bush. We don't, we, we're kind of hard on him. And yeah. then we're really kind of hard on Very school t- lunch, number two. I agree. You know, right It's got there. a bad rap. In number one, words. number two. It's got a bad reputation. Yeah, I don't understand that. 
it's not that I haven't never really had... spoke to me either. Yeah. Never really spoke to me either. Yeah. Re- school lunch didn't. Well, no, the fact that school lunch just so often disparaged. I see. Okay, I versus bringing lunch. Right, right. Yeah, I think bringing lunch was kind of lame, actually. I think that there's an inverse relationship between the likelihood of you bringing your lunch and your age. And you know, yes. the older you get, the less likely it should be, and the less likely it is that you agreed. You bring your lunch. Definitely, we'll get into that. Now, I don't know what to make of this one. I'm just going to read it. All right, let's hear it. James Nunez wrote in and said, "After school, we got to play outside while waiting for the bus. One day, I sprained my ankle playing football. I went to go rest on these benches at the bottom of a hill. Of a hill. However, my brother and his friend came, and I thought they were checking on me. Lo and behold, they started beating my ankle with these thick, not exactly logs." but bigger than sticks, pieces of tree with an exclamation point after What? Anyways, after they were satisfied, I got to climb the stairs and hobble over to the bus and go home. My God. (laughs) (laughs) What is... (laughs) And then he says, any stories about playground betrayal? (laughs) My God. Who is this? Who is who is our listener? Oh my here? god, James Nunez. James, you poor guy. What is happening? Wow. I don't even know what to say about that. I had to read it though. That was one of the ones where I pasted it in when I was reading them. Everybody in James together, like, neighborhood what? grew up hard and tough. I like the pieces of tree. It wasn't there weren't even like branches. <laughs> Why did, there's like a whole middle of this story missing? And probably most <laughs> of the beginning. <laughs> That is some shit. There has to be more to that story than that. I don't know. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Holy moly. I'd like that story to be fleshed out, but it's kind of fun not having all the details because it leaves more to the imagination, I suppose. (laughs) Oh, poor James. No, nothing like that. (laughs) Yeah, I can't say that I ever got beat by not exactly logs, but bigger than sticks. Oh, my God. This is all before getting on the school bus in the morning, James. What neighborhood is this? Holy Jesus Christ. It's like the wasteland in Fallout 3 or something. <laughs> Dorian Brown wrote in and said, Lunchtime and recess was always a big highlight of my childhood. I can still remember the tetherball was always the big attraction and duking it out to see who was the champion. We even had an ultra series rule set and championship belt. Did you guys have any similar competitive games you guys made up on the playground? Now, let me jump in here real quick before I let you answer this. Please. I don't understand how tetherball is played. Because the ball was never on the tether ball. No, thing. well, that's, I was going to say, that's when we grew up. The pole was still there, but there was no ball <laughs> oh, on yeah, it. I never saw There was no I ball. I don't think on I ever it. saw a tether ball. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think I ever actually saw one. I don't even no, know what it looks like. Not at all. And I started elementary school in what, 79, 78, 79? There was no tether ball then either. It's not like Collins when he started in the late 80s, early 90s or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't that, no. There was no tether ball. There was the pole. The rusty pole was still there from the 40s or whenever people played that game. How old are you? <laughs> yeah, tether ball, I just, I don't understand the rules. No. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I have no idea. Does that have to do with how much it goes around? Like, I think the idea might be because it's a ball attached to a rope where the idea is to get it all the way around one way or the other. And then the team loses that. Let it get all the way around without hitting it on the other oh, side. Oh, you got to hit maybe, it back. Maybe something words? like that. Yeah. Like, I always think of Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, doesn't he play it by himself? Yeah, he does it by himself. (laughs) He asked, though, at the end, I guess we should answer. Did you guys have any similar competitive games you made up on the playground? On the playground. Well, you didn't make up tetherball, I don't think, (laughs) Dorian. (laughs) Well, his own brand of playing, maybe, he and his friends. Did you have any games that you liked to... Trying to think. Some impromptu games? No, I mean, really, you know, we're going to get much more into this, but I think the only things we did on the playground were either play on the playground equipment or... 
play with our toys, like bring our G.I. Joes, bring our Transformers. Those are the big things I remember. Or, you know, when you're chasing girls around and stuff like that. That was a thing in elementary school. But that no, I don't remember ever doing, like, being creative enough to make up our own game. Mm. I'll think more about that, but I don't think so. I like to think we were that creative, but I don't think we were. I made up a game in high school that we used to actually play in the... So, so I guess it's not recess and play, you know, recess and lunchtime technically, but it's a game I made up that I played as a kid. You know, we lived in, you know, where dad moved and where we moved after we sold the big house. We lived in this neighborhood where in the center of all the, you know, the houses, the inner houses in the block, it's like a circular block. Basically, there was like a big like grassy area where people, there was like a playground. People like played there and stuff. And we played a game that I lovingly called and we lovingly called and we played for a few years called Column Ball. <laughs> I know about that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's just an iteration of baseball with uh, you know hardball and everyone has gloves and one person's up and every person takes a turn and there's like a three strike rule and out or a, you know a fly ball counts as a strike okay. and it's about just getting the ball a certain distance. But if the ball is fielded cleanly, whether it's a single or whether it's a ground ball rather or a fly ball, then that counts as you know one of your strikes, or whatever. And then you just keep a cumulative score, so you can play it with any number of people. I was going to ask how many. Like I think typically three to four is what we played with. Okay. You could technically play it. I don't think two, you wouldn't be able to field very effectively. Yeah, two wouldn't be too good. So it's just kind of an, a way to play baseball without That's having fun. to like go through the rigors of playing baseball. You know, <laughs> Not that baseball is like a really rigorous without game. Without having to run. Yeah, no running, you know, no base running. Yeah, no, no, you know, and none of that. I like that. Yeah, it was pretty good. That sounds fun. Patrick Molloy wrote into us and said, My school playground experiences can be divided up into, into sections. I'm sorry. First and second was almost exclusively ball. Second and third was tetherball. What's going Again? on with this? Patrick, I know you're a young man. I know you, Patrick. How you doing, by the way? I know you're t- you're a young man. So what is going on with tetherball? Fourth grade and after was a mix of D and D goofiness with my bookish friends in the morning, and then basketball for the long recess after lunch. I even got in my first fight on the playground after a kid pantsed me in sixth grade. Oh, the pants! And then he a- finishes with a question, which Daniel Boyer also wrote in on. I wanted to acknowledge that, so I'm not doubling up here, but I want to give everyone there. They're shine Very as it were. thoughtful that you made these notes. Were you guys ever involved in elementary school? And he put in quote, rumbles. Oh, elementary school rumbles yet. I mean, maybe his elementary school is counted differently. Maybe some elementary schools go higher than ours. Ours stopped in third grade. That's true. My kids go K through six. Ours did stop in third. So it's conceivable you could have a rumble perhaps in fifth or sixth grade. Nice fifth grade rumble. You can give a fifth grade or sixth grade rumble every now and again. <laughs> what is this Lord of the Flies stuff? I don't understand it. Guys, I feel bad. I don't like ever remember there being a melee of any kind, you know, like a fray, as it were. Not until high school did I see hairy fights. And even then, they weren't brawls. It was usually one-on-one. They were violent, though. But they were violent. Yeah, Bellport was violent. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. You guys, it seems like there's some violent shit going on in some of your neighborhoods. And I got to make note of this, actually, and just write on the top of this paper. Tetherball. Tetherball. All right. I yeah. really need to read more about the rules. If someone was like, Colin, here's the reality of tetherball. It doesn't exist. What kind of ball is it? Like, relate the ball to an actual ball. Is it like a volleyball? That's how I picture it. Exact. That's exactly how I like picture it. Like that size and that And that texture. Weight, yeah. That texture. Not one of those, like, bouncy kickballs. I don't picture it like that. Like, yeah, where it's yeah. rubbery. <laughs> boom. Yeah, boom. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. Now, wait, is it on a ribbon or is it on a string? I think it's on a rope, like a, a rope. thin rope. A thin rope. Okay. Yeah, like maybe the rope is less than an inch in circumference. 
Yeah. You know what Colin and I are saying, right, guys? Like, we had tetherball poles, but it's like having a basketball backstop with no net and no hoop. Which also was occasionally a thing where we Which were was playing. also a thing. <laughs> we just we had the rusty pole, but there was nothing on it. In fact, we probably even know what the hell it was there for. It was just like, why is that rusty pole? It was like some room? mystical thing where, like, it, it, it's like Stonehenge where it had a, a purpose at one point. <laughs> this was something once. Yeah, but we don't know what it, what it does now. <laughs> Tyson Williams wrote into us and said, I just want to shout out to my grade school buddy, Connor. He always led and organized us to play tag or freeze tag or some other variation. He was super chill and nice, and he totally rocked a surfer look like a tiny surfer man boy. Well, that's interesting. Okay. So, Connor, if you're out there, I hope you're well, man. I, I highly doubt Connor's listening to this. He's probably busy on the tetherball court <laughs> right now, but we appreciate you writing in. Straw Hat Ninja wrote into us and said, I remember a few things from during elementary school during lunch, like my friend splatting my go-gurt all over the wall or my lunchbox being bigger than me. During recess, I remember playing a game called Red Rover, which sucked me, which sucked, I'm sorry, as a small skinny kid. Basically, you hold hands, form a line, and spread out. You then call out the name of a kid who tries to break through what he thinks is the weakest arm link. If you hold him, you win, but if he breaks through, the people whose arms he broke through are out. Diabolic, I know. I never Holy knew how to play that game. I hadn't think, thought about this game in 25 years. I forgot about this game. You played it before? That's exactly as he described it. Was that, who was that? Stryat Ninja. Oh, yeah, that was... Exactly how you did it. Yeah, you look for that weak link and try to run through. Yeah, it seems so. Like I feel like ki- well, it's very Darwin. It's that very today. Darwinistic. It is. <laughs> <laughs> go with the go with the kid with the spaghetti arms. Break his wrist off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's Arm like just goes flying. Yeah, Red Rover must have cost you know a pretty penny in cumulative American <laughs> medical spending. <laughs> <laughs> millions a year wow x-rays. so you never played that one no i don't i know the name but i don't i never knew the rules okay. it's another one of those things like tetherball yeah yeah but there was no relic on the playground that reminded us that red no, rover yeah, once right. existed. no reminder no <laughs> jeremy brokus wrote in and said really interested in hearing your thoughts on lunchtime and recess i always remember being really excited for tuesday lunches because my school served this great chicken nugget meal for lunch that day I also remember having to literally sprint from fourth period to lunchroom my ninth grade year because all 1,600 students ate at once that year. So it was either get there quick or eat in the last 10 minutes. Oh, my God. Recess brings back memories of kickball, mostly as this was our preferred game of choice. My greatest memory comes from first grade when I tripped over the ball and grinded my face into the asphalt, leaving quite the scab for some time. That's your greatest memory? I can still remember that last full day of school in sixth grade going out to play recess and stopping dead in my tracks, realizing that this would be the last day that I ever have recess. Oh, I don't think about those days often anymore, so thanks for giving me a reason to. Keep up the great works. Wow. Great work, gents. I'm sorry. That's a bittersweet memory. This is a deep one. We got to dive into a little bit, I think, and dissect. That's an interesting, wow, to know that's going to be your last recess. Wow. That's very self-aware for a sixth grader. That is. Because I don't remember. I think I had my last recess maybe when I was in eighth grade at private school. Like we, When it wasn't really recess, it was like, a, it's like an asphalt yard where people ran around and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell was going on in that school. But he brings up kickball, which love I want to talk to you a little bit about. I love kickball. Isn't it a great game? Talk it's, to me a little bit about kickball. It's my favorite. I enjoyed kickball. It always seemed like everything was organized around kickball. Gym class, recess. We play, always played in Boy Scouts on Wednesday nights. Even in the neighborhood, you know, at grandma's on the weekends in the schoolyard. Kickball was a big thing. I think the cool thing about kickball is it's inviting for almost almost anybody could play it. You don't have to be particularly athletic to play it, but you could take that game to a very athletic level if you want to. So it's for everybody, you know. I remember, do you remember the front of Brookhaven Elementary, Carl? Of course. Like the front grass? Yep. 
we would play on that front grass and people would kick it in across the road into the that woods. I mean, that was like it seemed like it was two hundred yards if it was a foot. <laughs> like you know, like the big dudes or the or the yeah. scoutmasters or yeah. whatever. That was my reflection of kickball. It was always there and we always enjoyed it everybody from all walks of life the nerdy kids the athletic kids everybody the D kids whatever everybody enjoyed it together everybody seemed to like that one thing could kind of rally around that one activity which is kind of nice to have that it is and i love the way you put it in terms of like accessibility yeah because it really isn't at its base a very dynamic game there aren't a lot of people playing kickball at a high level there's like the dickhead that pitches really fast, you know, <laughs> like impossibly fast where no one could possibly. And there are those couple of kids that would that could strike out in kickball. You yeah. always felt bad for them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how it? you don't make con- like, contact with the ball, even if it's a foul. How are you striking out? <laughs> I want to go back to this Jeremy Brokos, you know, because there's a few things for us to break down. But since we're talking about kickball, I'm moving on to Matt Gibbons real quick who wrote in and said pizza day was always the best. We're going to get back to that, too. And go. getting picked last for kickball was worse than death. And he says here, also, the move back when you went up to kick made you feel like the absolute shit. Isn't it the move in that made you feel like shit? Wasn't that what it was called? Move in? Move in? Oh, to move in? Yeah, like if someone weak was at bat or someone weak yeah. was at the plate. That's, yeah, I, I don't remember call the move, back, move back. I think you mean move in. Yeah, that's probably what he means. Yeah, that was never happened. something that happened to me, thank God. But, you know, not that I was the strongest hitter or I was always picked first. I was picked usually somewhere in the middle, yeah. which I was perfectly fine with. But that's I do remember the kids where it's like, move in! Everybody move in. It's like human public humiliation, public flogging. And you kind of like root for them to, you know, get a, a, a hit. Go yeah. over that guy's head, you know. Yeah, it's like totally insulting. It's like <laughs> that was no one was playing the, the shift. Everyone was playing. the. <laughs> Everybody was moving in. That's it would have been funny if you were more savvy. And it was like when Jason Giabi would bat and no one would play in right field. <laughs> <laughs> Giant gaping hole in right field. <laughs> Oh no, it was he's a, he was a lefty, wasn't it? So he it was it was actually oh, it, was left, it was a left field that no one was playing. I guess that makes more sense. That's funny though. I'm glad somebody brought that up. The move in that that was such a palpable thing. I had to throw that in, Mac. We're gonna get back to your pizza question. The other thing I wanted to bring up from Jeremy's question, though, Dig, was this idea of chicken nuggets. He talks about the chicken nugget meal on Tuesdays. I loved chicken nuggets, school nuggets, because they and I, I'll tell you what I associate with them is okay. rice. I don't know if you have that association, but for some reason, Brookhaven Elementary and then later Bellport High School, associated schools in the South Country School District on Long Island, served their chicken nuggets with rice. Chicken I don't know why. Rice. It was like, yeah, it was it was chicken nuggets and then like a ice cream scoop of rice. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. Did you enjoy the chicken nugget? Day? I like I liked school lunch. I was talking about this with my son the other day. It's funny that we're talking about it now. We were talking about the chicken patties. My kids don't buy a lot. They probably buy like, maybe they'll buy lunch once a week. And they usually bring, but my son was saying that he got lunch the other day and he got one of those chicken sandwiches, like a chicken patty oh, sandwich. I, love I loved them as a kid. He was saying how much he hated it. Oh my God. He was like, it's gross. Dude, I loved those. I still eat them sometimes. I, I buy love, them sometimes. I, yeah, they're like the Tyson chicken, chicken patties, patties, right? Yeah. On a bun, right? They're yeah, awesome. he was saying he couldn't stand it. Oh my god! I was like, what I love that it was like one of my favorite things I look forward to. It was, in fact, it seemed like one of those items that they didn't have a lot. Like when it was maybe once a month, it was chicken patty. Yeah, you remember like, you get the Whoa. calendar ahead of time, and then oh, it told absolutely. you, and you really identify the days. Oh, huh? so good! Every once in a while, they would deviate. Do you remember? You know what I'm talking about? Like where every once in a while, they were like every so often, every blue moon, yeah. it wouldn't be what was on the calendar, and it would be either excitement or disappointment. McRib. Did you like the McRib? I, I liked the McRib. Love the McRib. Oh, my God. See, we're on the same page. With oh, this. yeah, yeah. We have the same taste when it comes to this stuff. Like, I was 
quite enamored with school lunch, and I liked when I was in high school. I think it was. I think lunch might have been a dollar fifty at that point or something like that. I can't. I, I, I was going to ask you about that. I remember it being a dollar in Brookhaven Elementary, and then I didn't. A dollar? Yeah, I think something like that. A dollar. Because yeah. I feel like the cheapest ever was for me, even as even in the late seventies, was seventy five cents. So that's not a big difference. Yeah, I think it was a dollar. Because I was going to say I I was in Brookhaven Elementary from nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety two or three. Yeah, and it was I think a dollar. And then when I was in Bellport from ninety eight to two thousand two, I think it was like a dollar fifty or something like that. Okay. I don't think it was anything more expensive. No, than that, not, but, not more than that. But I liked being in high school because I had like my own money, so I would buy like two or three school lunches if it was like you know the the ribs you did are the like multiple oh lunches? my god. And then you just put it all on the same tray and go out. <laughs> it's a wonder that I wasn't fat sooner. I'm fat now, though. You like to eat. He's a good well, eater. I don't not like to eat. <laughs> so I'll tell you that much. But I love the chicken nuggets. And Mac brought up in his question the pizza day. I wasn't a pizza day guy until later because I didn't like pizza until I was like in middle school. Which no is a, kind of pizza. I don't know if you remember that, that like I wouldn't eat pizza until I was in like fifth grade. Okay. Like I would eat it with the cheese off because I thought I didn't like mozzarella cheese, and then I accidentally ate a pizza with cheese on it, and I liked it. Then that's you how realized that's how it happened. That's how it happened. That's the for story you? of how I started eating pizza. And school pizza was also once you start eating, pizza, yeah. Then, I, then it's it was very gone. different. School right. pizza is like Elio's, that type of right, right. Thing. The square kind of French pe- French yeah. you know, bread pizza. Yes, which you know I'm, I was perfectly fine with, but by that point I was halfway through my school career. You know, wow. Do you feel like you missed out, or well, you maybe taste has changed? I mean. I don't know. I feel like I missed out a little bit, to be you honest. You might have missed out. By the way, you were talking about how it, what you know you, you should probably be buying lunch. It's weird to bring your own lunch, but you just said that your kids bring their own lunch to yeah, school. You know, so. my kids are spoiled. Oh, you can't, no, don't bring it back. <laughs> they're so spoiled, my kids. That's the thing of it. you know. And they're both picky eaters. I don't think you weren't a particularly picky eater growing up as a kid. I was right? somewhat picky, but you I would, are a little picky. Uh, yeah, but not like incredibly. Picky. I would eat whatever you put in front of me, except for meatloaf. I didn't like meatloaf. That's weird because I love meatloaf and string beans. I don't like string beans. Oh well, string beans go with meatloaf, so you might associate them with oh, those. Both disgusting. Really, you still don't like string beans? No, I won't eat them. Really, like even cut up no. or like whole? No. Like uh, I'll eat a raw string bean. It's hmm. not the best thing in the world, but like cooked string beans, no. And I like everything. That's the one thing I can't do. Interesting. And you still don't like meatloaf? Oh. Really? No. Dude, it's like a big it's like a big meatball. No. You are mom's son. That's where you got that from. <laughs> it's like, mom, how are you saying this tastes like a meatball? This is it's, it's complete- like a meatball you can like dip. You know, I loved it like you like meatloaf. Oh, I love meatloaf, dude. Oh, I didn't know. Because that. I remember specifically when mom and dad got separated and dad would cook dinner for us every so often, he would cook meatloaf and everyone would complain but me. <laughs> Like everyone would complain because don't you remember the story goes that dad eventually said like I thought you liked meatloaf or something. Yeah, like, that's what yeah. mom has said to me my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been complaining about this since I was three, and until I was like fifteen, she'd still serve meatloaf and still say, "But you love meatloaf." <laughs> <laughs> what kind of psychological torture is that? <laughs> I know I've been telling you this bi-weekly since I was three. Why are you still saying this? <laughs> I think she was fucking with me. Literally, I really think she was fucking with me. <laughs> But I remember peculiarities with dad's meatloaf that I actually liked that I think is kind of weird. Like dad, instead of, she was at a... <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. He would use, instead of if he was out of breadcrumbs, he'd use like like cereal. Like, oh my like, God. You know, like, like, uh, like what, you know, like a brand cereal, like, you know, flakes. Oh, yeah, was, like, like, no, uh, no flavor, like, like checks or something yeah, like that. Something Corn checks or something. <laughs> my God. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> 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 uh, 
that's fantastic. But I actually liked it. And I, I liked the, uh, you know, like, like painting it in like tomato paste. <laughs> Dad, why are there, why are there horseshoe shaped marshmallows? <laughs> marshmallows in my meatloaf. <laughs> Oh my There's god! Red balloons in my meatloaf. Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's priceless! I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's I'm great! Crying. Oh my god! Thank God, mom and dad were crazy. <laughs> now we can look back and laugh. Holy shit! Oh my god! But seriously, no wonder you like the meatloaf. <laughs> fruity pebbles in your fucking meatloaf, and I. <laughs> Who wouldn't like that? <laughs> <laughs> Beef and fruity pebbles. Oh, that's good. Stuff. And garlic powder. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. I'm dying. Oh, you Moving right. on. You're right. This is gonna be a funny one. <laughs> Tyler Oldfield wrote in and said, "Did any of you guys suffer a severe injury while playing at recess?" I remember in fourth grade playing four square. I was in square three. The guy in square one cherry bombed me, slamming the ball out of play, requiring me to hurry and get it within ten seconds. The ball was soaring through the air. I was backpedaling when keeping an eye on the ball. When the ball overshot me, I quickly turned to run for it. Whack! Ran face first into a basketball pole. Oh. It knocked me completely out cold, shattered my front tooth, and was completely concussed. Oh, dude. Way to bring us down, Tyler. War stories. War did, stories. Did you ever get seriously injured on the playground? You know what? I got... Which side is it on, Kyle? I have the scar on my cheekbone. It's on your left. Le- it's on your left, yeah. It's on my left? Yeah. A guy I went to school with, I almost said his last name, but let's call him George Z. And he was one of those kids I went to school with, you know, from K all the way through 12. I graduated high school with this guy. And I believe it was first or second grade. I don't know what we were playing, but he was a really stout kid. He was a really chubby kid. And I remember he always wore like brown pants. He he never wore something that looked comfortable. He always wore like a plaid shirt tucked into his like, never wore jeans. It was always like, you know, some kind of like corduroy slacks. And he always wore shoes, never sneakers. But he wanted to run around and do sporty things, but he was never dressed for it. I just always have that reflect. And he had big bifocal glasses. Well, anyway, I don't know what we were playing. I don't even remember, but we ran into each other, like, you know, like face to face. And his glasses, the corner of his glasses dug into my face. Oh, man. And I think really what I probably needed a couple of stitches. I can remember going down to the nurse. It was bleeding. I don't remember even necessarily being in pain, but I remember like That's a few incredible. days later, mom's like, you really needed stitches in that. And I have a scar there from it. It's so funny, right? Those little things. Yeah, man. It's thing. like it stays with you forever because you could, you could see it. Not that I'm always, you know, I don't look like I'm not sure that I ever thought about it. But to be honest with you, I like. I guess you see someone so many. Yeah, you times don't even you don't think even about look it, at right? it at all. Yeah, but that's what that's from. Man, I was just laughing because I thought you were gonna have a story about how you went back to mom and dad, and they're like, "You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine." <laughs> Put a little tomato paste on it. <laughs> Dave wrote in and said, "Hi, Colin and Dagan. My own memories of those years having lunchtime and a separate recess time for uns- unsculpted free play are quite powerful, and might I say, helped me get through what would have been some pretty boring school days." My question for the two of you is, do you have any stories about trading food items during lunch? Uh, Call me nostalgic, but one of my friends from back then and I will occasionally remark about how weird and yet perfectly fine it seemed to trade food and or snacks, even if going as far as promising to bring a second item the next day to sweeten the deal. 
Just wondering if you had experience in this early and unregulated barter system of our childhood. Very nice. I was going to say, it taught us market economics. But a apart from that, do you? Re I remember trading food, of course. Definitely. Definitely. Tell me about an experience with that, Kyle. I'll tell <clears throat> you mine. I mean, I just remember, like, the currencies of it. And I think someone wrote in later, We and, and he talks a little bit about this, but, like, the, the high-currency items were, like, you know, fruit snacks or Definitely. potato chips. Definitely. Maybe pretzels were, like, a mid-tier item. Okay. You know, it was usually, like, a snack. It usually wasn't, like, the entree. Yeah. It wasn't usually the sandwich or the whatever. It was the accompanying dessert or the accompanying kind of, like accoutrement well that put. might have come with it you know what that I mean? was right the, the item of value right exactly yeah for fruit roll-ups right right ex that's exactly that's a right. big one that's right. a big one i had a <laughs> had a funny memory i wrote this down because i didn't want to forget about it i grew up with a guy named jason and i wasn't a big milk drinker i'm still not i love milk in my cereal i'm a big cereal guy but even as a kid i love cereal as well but i never drank milk and mom and dad never really forced the issue it, milk kind of grossed me out a little bit growing up but mom and dad made me buy milk. I think there was a certain point in elementary school where, you know, they came and brought milk to the class. It wasn't lunch. It must have been for snack. It was like a cart. It was a cart. Yeah. That came to school. You know, that came to the classroom and then you got the milk, chocolate milk or regular milk, right? And I hated milk. But mom and dad made me buy it. But I never drank it. What This guy, Jason, that I grew up with, he would give me his juice box and I would give him the milk. Wow, that's a good deal. Because what he wanted to do with the milk was he wanted to show you that he could drink it all in one gulp. And he could. And this went on. Everybody, it never got old. It was his parlor trick. It was his total parlor trick, his total circus trick. It never got old for him to show it off to us. And it never got old for us to watch him do it. Because he would just literally open it and be like, gulp, gulp, gulp. And it was gone. He was like a man. He drank like a man. <laughs> so that's the reason. He might not even like milk, but it was just so much. I think it was such a big container that he'd know he could show off with it. As opposed to the juice box. Anybody could do that, I guess. Right, right. So that's that interesting. Always, yeah. And that, it's most interesting that that just went on for a time. It just went on for like the whole year. That's incredible. It was amazing. I remember the milk card. I remember the milk costing a dime. I remember that. Wow. And that seems like nothing. But when you think about school lunches costing a dollar... Seems somewhat appropriate, but I remember that. It was a dime. I remember kindergarten specifically. I don't know if it went up after that. I was in kindergarten in 1988, 89, something like that. 89, 90, something like that. Yeah, something like that. 90. I guess you're what, five in kindergarten? Yeah, five. Yeah, so 89. Yeah, because they're not making a profit off of it. That probably literally cost them a dime. You know, it's a, right. it doesn't seem that outrageous or it's subsidized by tax money or it's just a way for you to, you know, show some ownership over the payment of it. But I do remember that. I, I know that seems extremely low, but I remember that. And I bet you know what's funny about now? They can't. Now you can't. Kids are forbidden to trade food items. Oh, because of the because allergies. Because the food allergies. Yeah. Well, of course, a different time. I was probably in the late barter system. That's why we're raising so many socialists. <laughs> God's sake. But yeah, it was. It, I love how he calls it the unregulated barter system. It That's was. It great. was a lot of it built on trust. People did sweeten the pot, did promise. Absolutely. You know, future considerations. <laughs> To use some sports terminology. Yeah, we kept tabs too, you know. Oh, definitely. So funny. Definitely. And that reminds me, moving forward, there was an IGA in our neighborhood. It's not there anymore. It closed a few years ago, but there was an IGA in Bellport Village. We grew up in Brookhaven Hamlet, so it was kind of like this adjacent place. We went to Bellport High School, so that was like the actual town. And my friend, I won't say his name, but my friend and I used to have a tab at IGA through his family. Like it was really his family's tab. It wasn't our tab. I shouldn't say he, he and I had it. But we just put everything on that thing. That's amazing. I couldn't imagine being his parents being like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't even know they did that. For there. years. I mean, yeah, it was like an old school grocer where they had like a thing where they Holy just kept tabs. Shit. And like we would just go buy like sandwich meat and bread and like, you know, Coke and whatever, you know, Hot Pockets and just throw it, yeah, just throw it on the tab. Wow. Yeah, and it really was a thing. 
I remember that IGA. It was like I always love a, that. it was always weird going in there because mom and dad would never shop there. No, they never shopped there. It was always like exotic it, for me to go in. It's expensive. On the it was expensive, and on those rare occasions that I went in, it always seemed like. Yeah, because they didn't shop there. If they needed something local, they would actually go to Super Saver, which was also expensive, but not as expensive. And it was like right next to it. Yeah, right next door. Yeah. But Very we were, strange. But we were wallbound slash Pathmark slash like yeah, all that. Finest slash Edwards, whatever the hell that's called now. Yeah, the big supermarket right. chains. Yeah, exactly. Jake Whitaker wrote in and said, something I always faced growing up was what friend set you had lunch with. In my school, different grades go at different times and there was always drama involved in that. Do you guys remember anything about which friends were with you and anything along those lines? I do remember that. There was a weird alignment that you learned your first day of every year, specifically in middle school and high school, and really in high school, where you figured out who was in your lunch period. At our high school, we had two lunchrooms, and there was a lunchroom for ninth and 10th graders and a lunchroom for 11th and 12th graders, which you must remember. I forgot about that, but no, that's absolutely right. So... Do you remember the the alignments? Were they good to you? These random alignments of friends? You know what I really remember? There was a really delineated time where I felt like in elementary school, lunchtime was sitting with your friends. It was a break from quizzes and teachers, and it's a time to relax and enjoy your snacks and talk about whatever you're excited about, cartoons or G.I. Joe, or shoot the shit about each other's lunchboxes, which is another big thing we'll get into. It was just a time to be kids and in our case just be boys you know what i mean talk about star wars whatever we were excited about in junior high school the lunchroom was like that was the caste system that was the hierarchy the social hierarchy you know where you sat who you sat with i remember being unpleasant actually it was a time especially sixth and seventh grade before i really felt like i had an identity and trying to fit in with the cool kids and did not wanting to sit with the nerdy kids, but sort of being nerdy myself as far as what my interests were. So I remember lunch being, especially sixth and seventh grade, being kind of stressful, actually, you know, and being caught up in that whole thing, as you often are, is that, you know, looking back, it's so ridiculous, right, to fall into that. But it's a normal kid thing. You know, you're trying to be with the cool kids, but you don't really feel comfortable with with them and you're not really friends with them, but you're trying to fit in, you know, that type of thing. What was your experience with that? I don't remember anything from like my like sixth grade years before that. I don't remember at all. Like what lunch was like. I don't even remember the lunchroom in my middle school that I went to in Maine. I just don't remember. Oh, like, wow. I, that's interesting. I can't. Rem- I don't remember. Like okay. I really just like I'm thinking hard. I don't remember where we ate. I don't I just don't recall. But starting in seventh grade, I went to private school for two years and it was a small school. So we actually ate in the gym like they just would set up tables the in tables. the gym. We had a really nice gym because we had like a great basketball team and I think someone endowed some money to the school or something. So we had a pretty nice gym. And so they would set up tables and there was like just a little window where I guess some lunch, you know, lunch ladies or ever worked for like a couple hours a day because there wasn't like a lot of people to serve. And I remember, you know, seventh graders ate and the eighth graders ate by themselves. So I was in both of those grades. So there was that. But then when we got to Bellport, ninth and 10th grade in that one room, 11th and 12th grade in that other room, I do remember and I have funny memories of like being around like a random assortment of people that kind of like introduced me to some people that I actually liked, you know, like, you know, some friends that, you know, passing friends like one later was like my lab partner in chemistry that I used to sit with and stuff like that. And then. I remember in 11th and 12th grade and going into the other lunchroom, like the adult lunchroom, the adult student lunchroom, that like it didn't matter anymore. It was like no one was really paying attention to like the, the cast system. As yeah, you're just there to eat. And I remember at 12th grade, I remember specifically I used to play chess with these kids like every day. Oh, that's day. cool. Like every, every lunch room. That's you know, Every cool. lunch day we would we would just play. Like one of them was like a pretty cool, I think, football player. And one of them, they were cool kids. So it wasn't like, I don't know. It was like I was probably the least cool out of that group. Right, right, right. 
for sure. Like, or at least cool in terms of that caste system. Actually, at least cool in reality. But you well. never had that stressful feeling of like, I don't think so. To, you know, I remember being picked on in the lunchroom every so often, or like you know something like that. If like you know, but like I don't know that I had a pretty neutral social experience. That's cool. Pretty typically, like I didn't have many issues, you know. And you know, the sad thing is, is I didn't really pick on anyone or like I didn't do that kind of stuff to people I didn't really it wasn't really abusive but I do remember and it's so sad that people are like that and really do it like that but I remember standing by and, and a few times and laughing or not doing anything about those situations too and oh it makes watch you feel, it, yeah like watching it's not really you're not doing anything but you know you're kind of like afraid to stand up, up or do something I hope if younger people are listening to this not that you should put yourself in harm's way or anything like that obviously but you know, it's actually in the adult world, really, you'll look back at yourself a little more fondly if you did something about that in the moment as opposed to watching it happen. Yeah, that's well said. It. That's Not that really I really well encourage it, but yeah, it's it's that. So yeah, I had a pretty neutral, like it, I, did, I just, no one really bothered me, but no one really noticed me. I don't think either. I think your generation 10 years later was a lot cooler than my generation too. I, I will say that. I think that's a bold statement, but I will say that. I think kids just were dicks in my <laughs> that, that are my age back then. I think your generation was just a nicer group of kids. I will say that. And I think it's probably true again that the next generation after that and so on and so forth, you know. That it just gets better? Probably. I think generally that's probably true. I like to think it is. A lot of it is encouraged by probably some negative things like, you know, over-involved parents and, you know, everyone wins a medal and everyone, you know, needs yeah. to be safe and not be insulted at all times and nothing can be offensive to them. I think there's that undercurrent that feeds that, which is unfortunate because I don't think that's an appropriate undercurrent. But I also think that people are just like evolved socially. I think we're evolved societally where people are hopefully becoming – the internet and social media doesn't play that out. And it's funny because it seems like we're getting more hostile. But so much of it is anonymous. Like I in person I don't really have terrible experiences and certainly in the 90s and early aughts when I was still in school, I wasn't – and in college, I mean, it was all out the window. I never had any problems. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know. Dustin Klein wrote in and said, hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says – for me, recess in elementary school was about one thing and one thing only, tag. I spent virtually every minute of every recess from second grade until middle school playing tag with the same group of friends, spreading around the different play sets, dodging and weaving between non-suspected groups of girls to lose the trail. This high-octane sport is also what gave me my first experience with a concussion. I fell through one of the older wooden play sets that had a neat planked bridge. Unfortunately, oh. shortly after that incident, they removed the entire playset. It was our gang's favorite to play on, and I always felt guilty I might have had something to do with it. Oh. Right? Sounds like you did, Dustin, but that's okay. You Dustin, hurt you ruiner. All right, so let's talk about tag because I remember playing tag and the different there was different iterations of it like okay. freeze tag and all these kind of different you know offshoots. But I don't remember playing it as like a regular regular thing sort of thing. But I guess it seemed like it was pretty common. Was that a common game for you and your clan? I think my feeling and my friends that I grew, you know that I was close with feeling about tag just regular plain tag was that it was boring. There's not enough to it. E- even freeze tag. I remember a game that we did play. One of my best friends. You know, Tommy, he comes up a lot in the show. He had cousins up in Buffalo, so it might that were slightly older than him that he looked up to. And so it might have come from them up in Buffalo, New York. But they played a game when they would visit in the summer. They played a game. This is an interesting one, Kyle. I don't know if I ever told you about this. They called it free for all. Right. And what you did was there was one guy. Let's say you had you played with eight people. One guy had a ball like a kickball or a soccer ball. He would throw the ball up in the air and call somebody's name. So he would say, he would throw the ball up and then say, Matt. So Matt would have to go and get the ball. As soon as Matt had the ball in his possession, he caught it. 
in the air or caught on the bounce. So everybody runs as far from the ball as you can. As soon as Matt catches the ball, everybody's got to freeze. And then Matt's got to try to hit them with the ball. remember this. You hit that person, then they're it. For some reason, we thought this game was the God's gift to games. I remember that game. I remember you remember it? I, I, I'm sure I didn't play with you guys, but I remember that game. I remember it that game. It was like... What was we, it called? We called it free-for-all. Free-for-all. I thought it was called Free Frog. I thought it was called Free Frog for about three years. And I was like, oh, you're saying free-for-all. That was like one of those things. Because <laughs> they had weird accents or yeah. something. Western oh, New York. free-for-all. I thought I was calling it Free Frog. It's, I'm 10 now. I've been calling it Free Frog since I was seven. Thanks for correcting me. <laughs> I think we always played that game in the summertime as the sun was going down. It was getting late. It always had that sort of vibe of like, you know, it was dusk. You know, it was that, the, those it's warm memories. And yeah, very yeah, nostalgic. Yeah. Definitely. So that was always a fun one. That's that for I, I remember that. I remember that. Hours and hours. And again, yeah, I, I don't know what we called it in my group later on, but I remember that game for sure. Ryan Hughes says, in our secondary school, I spent most of my lunch time keeping a, look, a lookout for teachers for the smokers. All the cool kids loved me. Oh, smart. So you see you were kind of like an intermediary, like a mercenary. Interesting. Gaining favor with the cool kids by doing their <laughs> bidding. I see. Could be smart move. Oh, very smart move. Very like socially it. intelligent move. Yeah. Savvy. Ryan Hurley wrote in us and said, favorite recess game. Mine was tennis baseball. Baseball, but with a tennis racket and a tennis ball and no gloves. Never heard of that. A tennis ball? So it's tennis baseball. It's baseball, but with a tennis racket and a tennis ball and no gloves. So you're batting with a tennis racket. Fun. That's fun. It's more fair than the you know wooden or aluminum bats smashing the ever-loving shit out of that tennis ball. Which a we all sponge know. ball. Yeah. You could literally hit it three towns away. <laughs> what was your favorite? Do you recall a favorite specific recess game? Hmm. I can answer this if you want to think on it. Please tell me. There's a game, a common game that's already been mentioned called Foursquare, which I really like. Okay. But in Maine, and I don't, I didn't see this iteration anywhere else, but I loved this game. There was an iteration of it called Nine Square, and it was a square in the middle surrounded by eight squares, like the Mega Man stage select screen, indeed. Oh, okay. And... It was a game where you used a kickball style ball and there was rules where you had to hit it to a person in another square, couldn't hit the line or anything like that, or it could hit the line and then it was still in your square, whatever the case might be. So on one hit, you had to hit it into someone's square and then they hit it into another square and so on and so forth. And the person who fumbled the ball or the person who hit it out is out and they go back in the line and the, and the order moves from the first square into the ninth square in the middle. So the person in the middle is like the person who has lasted the longest and serves the ball. You play this on the blacktop? Yeah, you play it on blacktop and I used to play it at York Elementary School in York, Maine and then York Middle School in York, Maine. That sounds fun. And yeah, it was a really fun game like where there was like all these moves. I don't remember that when you could like put spin on the ball, but you couldn't. I'm trying to remember. I don't think you could hit it a certain way, like a, a certain like overhand thing or something. It had to be sideways or something so that the ball okay. wouldn't go hard. There was like certain rules that were respected and it was like a really popular game with that like a big fun. queue of like, you know, if there's nine people playing, there might be another 10 players, you know, waiting and you needed at least nine players to play. And four square is kind of like the smaller iteration of that game, which everyone I think is familiar with. And there was even two square for two players with like big squares. And that was like something that only happened in New England. None of those games existed where we grew up on Long Island. No one played Foursquare and no one certainly played I never heard of it. I never heard of it. I'm trying to envision it. How big were each All right, so each square was probably, I don't know, I'm, you're, the air mattress is here. It's probably like half the size or a little bit less, like a perfect square. Oh, Not a pretty, rectangle that's pretty big. That. That's bigger than and I there's, And it creates, again, like that's, that Mega Man stage select kind of layout, right? <laughs> that's funny. 
and a person enters the first square, second square, third square. They're they're all named into the middle of the ninth square where okay. the person serves the ball, and you're trying to advance up the rank to get into the middle. Okay. And yeah, the ball would just be served, and then you'd hit it back and forth between people. And if you could just hit it back on one bounce into another square without landing in your own square without hitting it out, then you the game continued, and the person who wasn't able to do that was removed, and then the square I advanced. I like that. It was, it was fun. That was sounds fun, fun. Yeah, that sounds super fun. The other game that we were talking about outside with or out in the living room with Erin before we started playing because she had brought up kind of like the wall ball or like this variations is the, is the variation we played on Long Island called Suicide. It was you played with either like a racquetball, typically a racquetball, but it could be played with a tennis ball. The bouncier the ball, the better. Like it needed a ball with like, oomph, you know, and it could be played by, let's say it can be played by two people. I would say to like six or seven or maybe even eight people. And I remember playing at Vern Critz, which was an elementary school in our area we we went to an area of three elementary schools that's where everyone played baseball yeah and there was like a bunch of baseball fields out there that's where our little league was so in between games or before games or if you were there for like a friend's you know game or like a you know it was i was often there for a friend's brother's game we would play against like one of the walls at Vern Critz, and you need just blacktop and a wall and one of the balls typically a rubber ball and that you would throw it at the wall and then someone else would catch it and the idea was that, like, if you caught it, then you were safe, and then you threw the ball as hard or as light as you wanted, and then someone else caught it. If it hit a person without them catching it, so if they fumbled it, or if it, you know, hit them off their leg or whatever the case might be, they had to run and touch the wall. And if they were far away from the wall, it was like a longer run if they were closer, and then they would be safe. But the idea was to peg them with the ball before they reached the wall, and if you peg them with the ball and hit them, then they were out. Okay. And the last surviving player won the game of suicide. I like that. Yeah. That's that so, sounds fun. Yeah. And I'm sure people played a similar identical game under different names, but that's what we called it. Okay. Yeah. Anything come to mind for you? You know what? I remember really a big thing in fifth grade that was like the pinnacle of us taking our toys to school back when I was in fifth, and it was Transformers. And we used to love playing Transformers on the playground because the playground equipment sort of formed different structures. You could pretend they were spaceships or Cybertron or whatever we were pretending we didn't have that type of stuff at home. We might have had a little swing set in the back or the deck or playing inside. But this, this, you know, the massive playground equipment was always kind of a cool setting for our action figures and Transformers. But I brought tr- a bunch of Transformers to school one day, and they all got stolen out of my lunchbox. And that was the last time I ever brought a toy to school. I was wow, that dev- sucks. I was devastated. How many did you have with you? It was like three three of them and they were all new i remember like two of them grandma just got me oh or that something. sucks did you replace yeah, it was them terrible or? no i don't think i ever did no it, was, it sucked i got a lot of stuff stolen from me and into well i went to it was a very funky setup where colin and i went to school it was k through three then we had something called intermediate school which was fourth and fifth grade just because the schools that were eggs existed couldn't really accommodate they couldn't anymore. accommodate that many kids and then junior high school and bellport middle school i got a coat stolen from me a swatch what else? Those toys. A bunch of stuff. Like oh, that whole year, that whole school year, just like people breaking into my locker. Like wow. it, was, it was pretty crazy. That's it was pretty crazy. But the, the Transformers I was devastated. I remember going I remember the feeling of going back to get because what we did was we would go out, we would eat, and then we'd bring our lunch boxes out and line them up against the wall outside under the, like the classroom windows and everybody would play and then when you were done you would go get your lunchbox i'm not thinking somebody's gonna steal something out of my lunchbox i wonder who did it i have no idea to this day i have no clue wow isn't that funny that sucks it's one one amongst you too which is kind of like unfortunate right exactly you know i never brought my action figures to school really i don't think i felt like it was a dangerous proposition maybe yeah. for that same reason you know you could, i also you, maybe wasn't allowed i don't know maybe it's because of that yeah maybe you know or you could lo- even if it doesn't get stolen you could lose stuff right you know yeah definitely not. gi joes are so small that which was my main thing that 
you know, three and three quarter inches in those guns. I mean, I used to lose that shit anyway. I wish I lost half of my guns. Oh, me. yeah. The little weapons sucks. Like it, it makes you wonder where they are. I remember Frag Viper. I lost all of his grenades and shit. I was pissed. They're still there somewhere under the ground. I know. I remember specifically going to Meat Farms with Range Viper. <laughs> meat Farms is this random supermarket <laughs> in our area. I'm, yeah, totally. It's just a totally normal still thing. Still there, us. I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I remember like having Range Viper and he had like a, some sort of gun with him or like, I don't know, it was like one of those, you know how some G.I. Joe's had like the tubing that connected from like the gun yeah, to the sure. back. Yeah, the hose. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was like in the freezer section. You know how there's like the little holes, like they're diamond shaped holes yes. in like the grating. Yeah. And I remember him jumping around and like the, one of them falling into that. Oh, I don't know why. It's like such a specific memory oh, from, you know, sucks. 1990 or whatever. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. Matthew Clarkson wrote in and said, was I the only kid who went home for lunch? I lived so close. And during high school days, my friends and I would end up going to my house to smoke a joint and play games. Like, so in Bellport, we weren't allowed to leave. Not allowed to leave. Sometimes we did. We did leave, but, but we, we weren't, weren't allowed, allowed to. to leave. But we did live close enough during my years, like where, you know, I was too close to even get the bus where it was, you know, I walked to school. It was probably, I don't know, what do you say, like half a mile? Not yeah. Even, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. No, about that. Yeah. yeah. And you weren't supposed to leave, but no one was really stopping you. We used to go to, you know, get Wendy's or I never like that. remember being stopped ever. We'd go to Ragtime. Nice. Yeah, we'd go to the pizza place. All right. We'd go, just go cut through the back fields, go down. Oh, yeah, and go down the train tracks go and then go to the overpass and then, and then right, walk down yeah, right by the Or Jim's store. Deli and, right. you know, Jim's Deli and Ragtime right there. Maybe that must get, have taken you longer than lunchtime lasted. No, we would leave. We would just leave. <laughs> we would just go home after that. And then, you know, that I remember the big thing was like the pep rally days. It was like, yeah, we're oh, out. Yeah. Pep rally. Oh, we have cl- we have school for like an hour and a half. Then the pep rally. Yeah, we're out. I'll see you at ragtime, you know, whatever. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and no one at ragtime had any questions or why you guys yeah, were Yeah, no. They would just serve us our pizza. We'd play our double dragon or, you know, chase HQ, whatever they had at that point. I love that game. And then, you know. Eat our pizza and then go home. Was, uh, what those were the days, weren't no, they? They really were. Yeah, I just I never went home to like you know play games or anything like that. It was just a rule. I was always kind of envious of the schools that were like allowed to leave. You know, Kevin Sullivan says, "Were either of you ever involved in a food fight?" I don't think that I was. No, I don't think I've ever witnessed one either. No, isn't that that's a great question? Does that, is that a thing that really happens? I don't. I guess Kevin. It seems to be manufactured based. I'm not saying it doesn't never happen. It feels like a movie. But it's like a movie thing. Like, you yeah. see that movies. I've only seen that movie. I've never even heard of that happening, you know? I think I would be Where horrified. Where everyone just starts throwing food at each other? I think I would be horrified of, like, the repercussions from the teachers and principals and stuff like that. But not too strength many in numbers, yeah. though. That's there's true. 20 kids. What are they going to do? That's true. I was going to say not too many people seem to be worried about the repercussions of Bellboard High School. But you know what, Kyle? I do remember. Shout out to we had this kid i'll tell you a little bit about him his name was carlos i went to school with him my whole school career carlos mendoza great kid thought he was bruce lee i mean he was super into like kung fu and karate and and ninjas and stuff before anybody was he would wear like bruce lee t-shirts this is like in the late 70s early 80s right he would be super into the kung fu films that were on like wwor like channel 9 tv like kung fu sundays he was super into it he was into it. He embodied it. This is how he lived his life. He thought he was a ninja. And he'd wear his hood over all the time. And he would, this guy would jump over. It was like parkour before parkour. He would jump over everything. Like I remember him coming into the cafeteria and just jumping over all the trash cans. You know what I mean? And, or jumping from table to table. The teachers would get so mad That's at him. That's awesome. Well, one day, Carlos thought he was going to jump over the big garbage can. <laughs> Here goes Carlos. His foot gets caught on the top of the can. Boom! He goes down, smacks his face on the floor. I never saw garbage 
<laughs> I never saw garbage. It was everywhere, dude. For, there was like, for whatever reason, three times the amount of garbage that this can should have been able to hold was like all over the place. It was the most dramatic. It was one of the most harrowing things I saw at that age. I was probably in third grade or something. I never felt like laughing and crying for someone at the same time so much. Like he was, just, it was just like we always revered him. Like, oh my god, like Carlos could jump over that. I bet you Carlos could jump over that. You know, this is the one day we saw Carlos. T- you know, he wasn't he wasn't surmounting the obstacle. You know, right? That was it. Did it ruin your reverence of him? <sighs> no, because he taught me how to say all the curse words in Spanish. Oh, like the one we named our like cat. later that year or something. <laughs> yeah, like the one we named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's the one. He that's totally where that came from was Carlos. Yeah, he was awesome. Ben, <laughs> Benny, Benny. Whatever <laughs> happened to that cat? He was weird. Yeah, he was. He was messed up. <laughs> <laughs> he was a gift from my ex girlfriend. I don't know. She bought me a bunch of cats. It was weird. Shampoo was another one of the cats. What girl? Yeah. What girl buys you more than one cat? Over like, one, I got three cats. One, one you got to get away from. You know, like, escape from as soon as possible. <laughs> Cole Bullis wrote in and said, I loved recess in grade school, especially when we played some what at the time seemed like epic games of free stack. I was also fond of elaborately reenacting specific Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fight scenes with a couple of close friends. Nice. Now, I was just on the cusp of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. As far as I remember, Power Rangers came out when I was in fourth grade. Okay. And I just always hated it. Yeah, I never dug it. I always hated it. But you never got into it. Never. Like, I, I remember even serendipitously finding a Red Ranger action figure, like, in a park. Like, it was just, like, in the, somewhere in the woods or something in Maine. And being like, you know, this could be the start of a collection of action figures. And I just didn't give a shit, you know? I remember at, in Maine finding a G.I. Joe. I think it was Snow Job or, like, some, it was one of the Snow G.I. Joe good guys shoved in. It must have been in there for years in the stone wall. Really? Yeah. Like on York Street in York, Maine. Okay. There was a stone wall. And I remember like, you know, I, I was playing or doing something. And there was like literally legitimately like one of the, like shoved in there. And I remember pulling him out. So that was a good find. But that's a good, that's a great find. I never liked Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I just wasn't into it. But I will say that I used to reenact fight scenes from, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joe and all those kinds there of things. So go. we're basically on the same plane here, Cole. <laughs> just different IP. Cynic Broad said, growing up, my mom was incredibly conscious about the food she fed me at home and what, with what she packed into my lunch. Because of this, he brings up trading, too. And he says, trading with my classmates at lunchtime was one of the only ways I was able to sample some of the finer treats from the 90s that were essentially just consumable diabetes. Dunkaroos, <laughs> fruit by the foot, fruit roll-ups, and gushers are some of the finer delicacies I remember from my youth. And he asked about the trading, too. But I wanted to ask, and he asked what the hottest snacks were in the market. We already went over that. But I want to talk specifically about gushers. Because I feel like I have a problem with Gushers. I, I don't like that there's like... I like the solidity of... I think that's a word. A gummy. Of the, the fruit, fruit snack. snack. I loved fruit snacks. I really did love fruit snacks. Yeah, who doesn't? And You did. You did. I, I remember I did. That. I really did. And I feel like Gushers just... It was too much. The liquid inside? Yeah, I wasn't into it. That might have been crossing over too much into candy for you. Exactly. That's why I didn't like fruit roll-ups either. That was, that was a bridge too far for me. Okay. Where I'm just like, this is too much. Of a, I don't know what this is, you know? Isn't that funny, though, that everybody reveres the same snacks? Like, those snacks have the highest trade value no matter where you went to school. It's so funny. The currency was, yeah. You know, like, even cookies, goldfish, chips. The more candy-like snacks are the more popular ones, you know? 
Andrew wrote in and said, school recess was the best time of day. I had a group of friends who we would play kickball with during recess. I remember laughing my, laughing my ass off so many times that I pissed my pants. <laughs> that was about the third grade. Uh-oh. All right. Third All right. grade's still acceptable eh. to piss pants. I don't know what it really is. <laughs> Trying to make Andrew feel better. Jeshua Anderson says, choose which was best. What were your favorite games out of the following? Okay. He says, tag, freeze tag, dodgeball. And then he says, parenthetically, how many adults today have CTE from this? LOL. He says tetherball as well. What? Kickball, my favorite. Never understood how it wasn't a professional league. Oh, I love Or Foursquare. Kids used to try to team up on me in this, especially girls. They always failed. So the choices are tag, freeze tag, dodgeball, tetherball, kickball, or Foursquare. We've talked about most of these games, but I want to talk to you a little bit about dodgeball. Dodgeball is important. Because I associate dodgeball more with gym class. I don't know that I was ever in an organized game of dodgeball outside of gym ever in my life. No. Recess would have been hard for dodgeball. I feel like dodgeball outside without walls and stuff like that, you'd be chasing the ball all over the place. You need boundary. We Where we played dodgeball was Boy Scouts, and we played in the gym because we had Boy Scouts at Brigade and Elementary at night. Dodgeball is important. My son recently was playing dodgeball with friends that got nailed in the face, and he was upset. When I found out, you know, when I was there, and I, he wasn't really hurt, and I felt like it was good in a way because the kids are less prone to do those things anymore. Like, you know, do those sort of rough and tumble things. And I was like, great. If you're going to play dodgeball, you have to learn how to, you have, you're going to get hit with the ball. You know what I mean? I, and I was trying to teach him when you have a ball, you block your face. You, I, I told him you got to block your face and your privates. Like you do, those are the two places you don't want to get hit, you know, and trying to teach him how to play and stuff like that. And because these kids don't do that stuff a lot. They're not playing dodgeball in gym anymore that's not a thing you know so it was kind of neat because i could actually you know share a little wisdom with him with that because i remember getting killed in dodgeball now my kids have this thing have you seen this kyle they do this game called gaga this is a big thing now over the last couple years so what happens is the school actually has to build this thing outside on the playground so picture like, you know, the big plastic jersey barriers. Sometimes they're orange, sometimes sure, sure. they're red. So what happens is they build those jersey barriers into a circle, a perfect circle. Let's say inside is, I don't know, 16 by 16, you know, 16 feet around. And they put fake turf in the middle as the floor. And it's raised up. And it's only raised up so it doesn't get waterlogged. It's raised up like a foot, say. And they build the jersey barriers, go around, and there's also a gate. So you could go in and out. And what it is, is it's a game of dodgeball, but you are not allowed to pick up the ball and throw it. You have to sort of hit it into the other guy, and you can't hit, you're not supposed to hit above the, I don't know if it's above the chest or above the waist. And so it's dodgeball without picking up the ball. And you're using the wall, the walls as well. You have to stay within the boundaries of the thing. So I think it's only, it's like two on two or something. And if you get hit, you're out. And so this thing, Gaga, is like the new thing. And I remember my kids talking about it for a while before they had an official Gaga pit, they call it. And then when I saw it, they were talking about Gaga, Gaga. We love playing Gaga at recess and everything. And then I was talking to Dana, who's her kids go to school down in Virginia, and they, they were doing the Gaga pit too. So this is like a relatively new thing. This is like the new dodgeball. So it's it's interesting. If you ever pass an elementary school, look for it. It's like Jersey barriers formed into a circle. It's like an octagon, the <laughs> UFC octagon. <laughs> <laughs> but they love it. They especially when it was like brand new for like that first year. Right. That was like the. New I never heard thing. of that. I'm yeah, not fond of the name. Not fond of the name. Not fond of Gaga. I don't know where the name I mean, comes from. I couldn't think of a worse name for a game than that. That's what I called Grandma. I it's did. not a grandma pit. <clears throat> well. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matt Karolowski wrote in and said, did you guys ever play wall ball or Foursquare? We already talked about that, but he said, for a little local culture for you. In the suburbs of Philadelphia, a South Philly was when you caught it one-handed and could peg someone to get them out, which is darker than I realized as a kid. Whenever guys would play with two-hand touch football, it always felt like I was cool enough to play, but not cool enough to be thrown to. Popularity does not equal athleticism. Damn those cruel third graders. I wanted to bring up this football culture. Flag football, touch football, and then tackle football. I actually played tackle football in high school, like, with my friends in, like, you know, I couldn't believe it. I actually broke my finger doing that, and I, you know, never went to the hospital or whatever. But I yeah. But that was about it. But I was probably, I could catch. That was a pretty good receiver. Yeah, you you could catch in football. But what's your experience playing football, whether it's two-hand touch, whether it's, you know, Totally. Flag. We totally played tackle football all the way through high school. You know, on our own. I didn't play school football you know on on team but we totally did that man and i played with some big kids you know and i wasn't particularly great at football it was just fun you know but isn't it funny you look back and you're like holy shit we were like breaking each other uh, yeah you know? people and i play wasn't like, a big kid well i like the story you told about the you know playing tackle football in the street no the kids in the neighborhood did that thank the, god i was a, they were a little older than us that missed us thank god that's incredible because you that picture unbelievable i always picture kevin arnold throwing the football around with <laughs> paul pfeiffer <laughs> You know, on the street, but never playing tackle. I don't remember. Right, exactly. Tackle. Maybe Wayne would tackle. It's called, of course, a Wonder Years reference. Crazy animals. But yeah, I remember, you know, football was an interesting thing. What I liked about playing kind of pickup football, whether it was flag or anything like that, was the kind of made up rule set or like the, you know, the home rules or whatever of how you would rush the quarterback because there's no offensive line. No one's really hiking the ball. At least in my experience, no one wants to play the center in a game that's like not real and then you'd have like you know five mississippi to get rid of the you ball and then count. Be, yeah. yeah and then you could get sacked or whatever. yeah yeah oh absolutely that was the thing yeah, yeah. oh awesome. i have a lot of fond memories of that that was fun that's when football was still fun i think that's when football was still fun for everybody everybody came through it you know because it was just fun to play with your friends i always reveled in those like you couldn't really quantify it you never knew it was gonna when it was gonna happen but that particularly glorious play you know, where the quarterback was in the process of getting sacked yeah. or just through that Hail Mary or somehow somehow it was caught in the end zone. You know, like those are the memories that childhood was built on, I feel like, you know, those things that you never replicate, those moments, those little moments that were so fun. I'm not sure that I, I knew that you cared for football as an older. Oh, my God, kid. I loved it. I loved it probably. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, we played football, you know, me, myself, Tommy, John, Matt, all the kids I grew up with. We played with the older kids sometimes, the slightly, you know, the kids that were three or four years older than us. But it was mostly us. And maybe cousins or younger brothers and stuff like that. Probably all the way through, I don't know, sixth grade, maybe into seventh grade. Because you know what happens, you know, naturally, what happens is in seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade, you start to get a little older, you're a little, you know, a little more world weary and wary. And you realize that maybe you're not, it kind of comes out you know who's athletic who's going to pursue it who's not and it kind of you it's unfortunate but you become like more self-critical and every you kind of give yourself roles then well no i'm more the artsy kid or i'm really more the skateboarder you know and and john's the football player or john's the baseball player and tommy was good at football. you know what i mean you start so they played sports going into high school and stuff? yeah well john played baseball he had like a really killer arm john was really went on to be good at baseball tommy i'm not sure tommy played lacrosse Tommy actually played lacrosse, and he was asthmatic. Yeah, very, very Long Island-centric sport. You know, I went on to pursue skateboarding. Matt moved away, so I'm not sure what Matt was. Matt was really into biking. When did you last talk to this Matt character? Matt moved right maybe the year before we moved to Brooklyn. So, like, 84, 83? I was 12. He was 11, probably. Did you ever talk to him again? Yeah, yeah, because they moved to Sayville. Oh, okay, that's good. And 
Yeah, and they had a little summer house on Block Island or Shelter Island. I forget which. Definitely wasn't Plum Island. We would still hang out, but probably by the time junior high school rolled around, we were had already not really hanging out anymore. You know, you grow apart, right? right. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, stinks, but it happens. It happens. We only have two more that we can get into our memories. Anything we might have missed. Okay, I'm sure there's plenty. Jacob Dilio wrote in and said, I went to a Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade. Once we got to sixth grade, around 2003, they wouldn't let the boys and girls play together at recess. We had a big field and we had to stay on opposite sides. The girls in my class thought we would disrupt the system one day and we each stood on our respective sides of the field and threw a football back and forth. The teacher on recess duty was absolutely furious. I can't stop laughing remembering how mad she got. Why were you guys separated by gender? What happened? There's a story there too. There's this is very there. similar to the beating story we heard earlier. <laughs> the, first, the very first story of the episode. About getting beat with not quite, you know, what, what was it? I, it was, there were logs. For all yeah, it was not quite logs, not or no, quite logs, but bigger than sticks. I'm picturing like arm thickness. That's a log, dude. I mean, that's I mean, that's violent. <laughs> Phil Crone has the final comment. He says, "Did you all have that weird bagged milk? Our milk came in a clear plastic pouch that you jabbed like a Capri Sun. Probably awesome for the environment." Wow, I don't remember that. That seems like something that would be newer. I mean. I feel like Capri Sun was even something that came out by the time I was out of elementary school. I would have to look into that. But I don't remember Capri Sun being a thing in like the early, early 90s. I hate juice pouches. I can't even believe that's still a thing. They haven't come up with a better idea than that. Nobody could do them. They're horrible. Yeah, they're not good. You know, my kids never get these organic stuff. ones and they're even worse. They have this like this tiny little target, you know, like that you have to hit this tiny little thing. It's like. You know, there's ones that I've seen that you could, the whole top is, you're able, so there's a little more leeway. I don't know. That just seems like somebody can't invent something. Yeah, because if you break the straw, you're kind of screwed. You need something to pierce it. Yeah. And then... then you need a fork, but then all four holes are going to go in. Forget it. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, you have, if you're really not very dexterous, maybe you'd put all four holes into the bag when you're doing that. I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know that I'd have that particular problem. You got to break three of the prongs off of the fork. That's dangerous. <laughs> I'd shoot. I hit somebody in the face. All right. That's all we have from the audience, Dave. But I want to kind of counter with some of the things we have written down. What are some Please. of the things that we didn't cover here that you wanted to talk about today? You know, a big thing about it for me, I think it's a little different for you as time went on. But for me, going to starting school in the late 70s, lunchboxes were a big thing. Yeah, of course. And we had the metal lunchboxes back then. And I thought back, I could name every lunchbox that I had from the time I had lunchboxes until it became a thing where I was too old to have lunchboxes. Or we felt like we were too old to have lunchboxes. So for me, it was kindergarten. Guess what my kindergarten lunchbox was? Kindergarten was like 1978. Yeah, 78. It was 78. Or 70, maybe it was 79. No, that's a good guess, though. And that would have been era-specific as well. Yeah. No, it was Kiss. Oh, Kiss lunchbox. Empire Strikes Back. First grade. First grade. That's 80. Yep. Or 79. 80. 80. Okay. Second grade was Fox and the Hound. Oh, cool. Third grade was Return of the Jedi. Nice. Fourth grade? Oh, you know what fourth grade was? I thought it was... I had the segue now. I thought the metal lunchbox was... I don't know what the hell we were thinking, but I thought the metal lunchbox was a little too childish. So do you remember the plastic lunchboxes and they had just the one decal on the one side? Yeah, that's all I ever had. That's all the, that's the lunchbox Yeah, because by the time you yeah. came, that was it. That's was what I had. the plastic yeah, yeah. ones. I had like Laugh Olympics or some kind of Hanna-Barbera thing. And then that was it. I don't even know it. what the fuck that and is. That's that Laugh it. Olympics. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's some kind of Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Oh, maybe it was... Maybe it was Wacky Races. Maybe it was Wacky I don't know Races. What that is either. Yeah, the Hanna Barbera cartoon, and that was it. Yeah, 
That was everything. I had a G.I. Joe lunchbox and a Turtles lunchbox. I remember those both. But I don't remember. I, I must have had four of them because I think by the time I was in fourth grade, I didn't have those anymore. I think that's when you brought bags. Yeah, start bringing bag lunch. But I don't remember the company, but they were blue. They were like a dark midnight blue. Yeah. You know, and they had that one decal on, yep. like you said. It made it so vulnerable to damage. And I remember them getting ripped or like I would I don't know why what do you do kids like when you're done with it the next year like it ripped it off to do like make it into a box like why did you do that right what's wrong with you right it's like when I would buy GI Joe vehicles and put the you know the decals on all fucked up sometimes and I'd be like why did you do that why did you do that at all the hell's wrong with you especially how OCD and meticulous I am I can't imagine like yeah because when you're a kid you're not thinking like that not at all thank god did those plastic lunch boxes come with thermoses as well yes because they were cool those they were, but I don't think that I ever used them because I think you could you just placed it with a lunch, you know, or a, a drink box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know that I ever really had anything in it. Took it with you. You know, I want to give a shout out, Dig, to counter that. And I don't know if you remember this or this was a thing. Do you remember the lunchroom in Brookhaven Elementary School? I remember it very well. Okay. Yo, very much so. So, like, when you walked into the front entrance, it was right on your left. Yeah. But there was a door, like, further up that was just a regular door that you would go through to get to the lunch line, and then it would filter in, like, southward. Yeah. Into the lunchroom. And yeah, And there was, yeah, like, yeah. these windows on all sides, Absolutely. basically. And towards the windows, like, you know... I guess parallel, but back from the door in which you came out from the lunchroom, there was a like a cart that was there for me. I don't know if it was there for you. That served like snacks and like dessert items. Yes. Like they were like, you know, somewhat expensive. It was like maybe once in a while mom would give me like a dollar and I would get like what I loved was the donut with the white frosting and the sprinkles on it. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the donut absolutely. with the, the of course. white frosting and the sprinkles on it. But they had like cookies and all sorts of stuff. So that's another memory that was at Brookhaven Elementary was just this cart. That they set up for, you know, the privileged few that brought money in that day, like extra funds to go buy. To get the extra stuff. Yeah, snack. whatever it might be. Which I can't imagine they would give you donuts and shit like that anymore. But back, you know, literally giving first graders donuts and yeah, cookies and shit. I know. Imagine how I guess it was a way for them to raise some cash or whatever. I'm sure they didn't mind. I think the revenue was a big part of it. Yeah. For sure. That cafeteria was a big part of my childhood because not only did I go to K through three there, but that's where we had our Boy Scout meetings. My whole life, Cub Scout all the way through Boy Scouts. And I went all the way to Life Scout. So right before Eagle. So and I think, you know, until I had to get pushed out, because I think you're done at 17, right? And scouts. I have no idea. So that was a big part that. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in that cafeteria. So I remember all that, all those little details. Best water fountain I think I've ever drank from that water fountain was always ice cold. Really? Great water fountain. (laughs) Best. I wonder if it's still there. I wonder if it's the same one. I don't know. But that water was delicious for some reason. There's probably something wrong with it. Yeah. There's the water shouldn't taste that good. Oh yeah, it was it was radiated or something <laughs> from Brookhaven National Labs. Now, Dad takes umbrage with many things that I say on the show and he reminds me of it. I don't know if he calls you and talks to you about some of the things that we've said on the show that he has problems with, but he certainly <laughs> No, to me did about he tell them. you? Oh yeah, he's definitely taking What yeah, is he taking umbrage the, the, with? The last thing he had something to say about was that I blamed him for throwing out my high school computer and he and he <laughs> And he was really upset about it. He's like, I told you that I was throwing it away and you gave me permission and I destroyed the hard drive and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm sorry. If that's true, I don't recall that. But I think he's going to have a problem with me saying this because I'm sure there's some story to this. But I don't remember ever being encouraged to ever do Boy Scouts. They never gave you that bug. I don't think that I would have wanted to. I don't think I was. I wasn't like that. I don't know. I don't know what that even means. But I was like more of a. I guess we all play with toys and blocks and shit, but I liked, I don't know, I liked my own thing, but I don't remember ever being given that option. And I'm not sad about that necessarily. I don't think that I would have embraced that option, but I'm curious about that, Dad. I'm sure I'll hear from you very soon. Well, I'll tell that. you this, Kyle. I don't know if this makes you feel better or not, but they, I didn't have the option either, but mine was the other way. 
They made me do that. <laughs> they made me do it. And you know what? I'm grateful in retrospect. They made you do it the whole time. I don't. In Cub Scouts, I think it was more of a thing that it was just fun. By the time I got to high school, late in junior high school to high school, I wanted to go skateboard. I wanted to be with my friends. I didn't want to go to meetings on Wednesday night. But I will tell you that I made really good friendships because there was cool kids. It wasn't just nerdy kids and Boy Scouts. And I loved the campouts. Our troop was pretty competitive. We were troop four. And we would go to campouts, and I was one of the patrol leaders. And we would go, and you would go to these campouts. You know, whether it was out on Long Island, whether it was like a tri-state thing, and you would compete with other troops in different things, whatever it was, the different merit badges and stuff. And I enjoyed that. I actually really dug that. We had a lot of pride in that. And my patrol is the Ninja Turtles. Of course, I got the name and I got to make the flag. You know, it was kind of fun. But yeah, that wasn't an option. Like they made me, mom and dad were like insistent that I did that, you know, and I remember like those Wednesday nights in the summertime, I wanted to go skateboarding with my friends, but I had to go to the Boy Scout meeting. But in retrospect, it was cool. But back then, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You know how it is. Yeah, maybe by the kid. time they got to me, they just didn't want to force me to do anything that I didn't want to do based on the lessons learned. <laughs> What's next? Are there any, is there anything else that you didn't talk about um, that you'd like to bring up? We covered a lot of things. You know what I wanted to ask you? I had a, you know, I related a bullying story to you guys about how I was bullied on the bus for one of our recent episodes, but did you, were you ever bullied on the playground? Was that ever a thing for you? No, like I said earlier, I kind of slid through without really being bothered. There is one thing that did happen to me though. Okay. Or Tell one me instance. Tell us. That wasn't really at school, but so I moved to Maine with my mom in 93, in the summer of 93, my mom was working. So I went to this YMCA day camp thing on weekdays for like a couple of months that summer of 93. It must've been like July and August of 93. And I remember it really well. Like I remember... I'd get up in the morning and eat a Pop-Tart and mom would drive me to this thing. And I was kind of miserable and I kind of hated it. And there was a kid there that used to like ruthlessly pick on me. And I was like, I don't know why. He was like this fat, buzzed blonde head. And he was like this fat kid. And he used to like pick on me. And I was like, what is going on with like... Why does this guy hate me Yeah, so I don't really remember why or what was going on. I don't remember too many specifics about that time. But I remember really not wanting to go to that. And then that was like the summer I went into fourth grade or whatever. Okay. So that was pretty much, I mean, honestly, like the only really... So you know, bullying thing that I personally experienced. I witnessed other people getting bullied, unfortunately, many times. But yeah, it happened. Yeah. It yeah. definitely happened. No, and you know the other thing I was thinking about when there was a period of time when I was in elementary elementary school, I was trying to remember what grade it was. I think I was pretty young, so I want to say first grade, where we were convinced. Well, you know what? I will say this in Brookhaven Elementary. I don't know if you remember this. There, what is a kindergarten playground? in the front of the school or the side of the school. And then there's a giant playground for the rest of the grades in the back. So when you were in kindergarten, you went on this little side thing. So by the time you graduated into first grade, one of the most thrilling parts of that was you got to play on the back. I forgot about playground. that. I forgot about that. Yeah. So the, the first playground was, yeah, like tiny. Yeah. Right. And it was like in that wooded shaded kind of part. Exactly. Right. It was actually kind of it was really cute. But it's really, it is cool, but and it was next to what was that random ass building? That it was, was there? a school for special needs kids. Oh, okay, okay. And a lot of them were, which I think was the original elementary school. Like, from yes, way back it was in the, the original Bouquet right. Elementary from like the twenties or whatever it was from, maybe even the late eighteen hundreds. I'm not exaggerating. And that building was restored, but it was tiny. And it was like, yeah, the special needs kids, as, as I remember. Oh, okay. I thought it was like abandoned for some reason. But huh? they shared the playground with us. And they were older kids. They might have been like, you know, fourth, fifth grade kids, but their learning level was younger. So they would share the playground with us as kindergartners. But the thrilling thing for us was like at first grade, we could start going on the big playground. But we were convinced. I don't even know how this started. 
that one of the neighboring houses from the schoolyard on the other side of the fence was haunted because somebody, one of our schoolmates said they saw a bloody axe in the backyard. I don't know how it started, but I remember that house being the focus of our fascination for like an entire year. Like, that's the house with the bloody axe. That was like a big, I have such a big vivid memory of like just standing at the fence and looking at this house. It was probably an ordinary house. Right. You know, and just being like, that's where the creepy people with the bloody axe live, you know. That was like one of my first like memories of like that whole like urban myth, suburban myth, you know, neighborhood legend. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Type of thing. That was a big, that was a big thing. That was a really big deal. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, Diggy, that I wonder if you kind of can relate to, it was something that I hadn't thought about in a while, and it happened only a few times, and it might only happen a few times to anybody. Okay. But that moment where you were out of school before lunch for a doctor's appointment or you're going in late for some reason, and you'd arrive around lunchtime and you'd bring McDonald's or something with you. Like, I remember the few times where I was able to like go to lunch packing like, you know, a number two for McDonald's. Nice. You know, maybe mom and dad didn't do that for you. But I, I remember that the few times that that happened where I was like, this is fucking awesome. No, you, you know, roll in with like, yeah, like, a you know, a cheeseburger and fries and a Coke. That's cool. Yeah. Growing up, our doctor appointment was out in Nassau County, which right. was like 40 miles Dr. away. Dr. LaPera. Dr. LaPera. Dr. Mario LaPera. He was the best. But so usually for us... You know, for an appointment, whether we were sick or whether we just had to go for our immunization shots or whatever it was, we would end up going to grandma's, you know, and that would be the day, you know, that would usually be the day. So that was usually once if we had a doctor appointment, a pediatrician appointment, that was usually it. That was usually that spelled the day for us. By the time we got out there and back again, the school day was over. So we'd have lunch at grandma's or pizza over there or whatever it was, you know. But that was a very warm memory, too, of, like, missing the day and just spending the day with mom or dad or both. And then seeing grandma and grandpa, you know, that was, like, a special treat, not seeing them on the weekend, on an actual weekday, you know. Yeah, because we used to see them most weekends, I would Mo- say. Mostly it was weekends, yeah. you know. But also most weekends. Oh, most weekends we saw them, whether yeah. they came to us or whether we... And we usually went there. Yeah, yeah. That's you know? I remember. Yeah, I remember it being kind of rare when everyone would come out to the Yeah, usually in the, the summertime, house. I guess. Right. And I remember doing Christmas at our house like one, once or twice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Because people used to like divide and conquer. Like Easter was always at Uncle Mike and Aunt Carla's house. Yes. And they would hide the eggs full of money in the backyard, <laughs> yes. which was a great tradition. Or Is that an unusual of- tradition of people hiding eggs with money in them? Well, or- you know what Uncle Mike did? Do you remember this? Not only with the money in it, but because we do that for our kids now with the money, in it, but the slips of paper. So Uncle, what Uncle Mike would do was he would buy like little dollar store treats little action figures or whatever it was, gag gifts like fake dog poop or whatever, you know, cool things mixed in with money mixed in with like gag gifts. And he would write the gift on a little piece of paper and put it in the egg. So you would open up the egg and say, okay, I got, you know, this little stuffed animal or this little toy car or, you know, here's 10 bucks or sometimes it would be a penny, you know, because Uncle Mike's sense of humor, you know. So I remember that being like one one of the coolest things of being a kid. It was like, oh, it's like, it's like prizes. It's like little pieces of paper. You could see what you won, you know, type of thing, which is cool. Like, I love doing that for the kids. You know what else I do? We do the little scratch-off cards. Put oh, those, nice. Put those in. Nice. The egg. You know, that's fun. The one thing I remember about the money and the eggs at Uncle Mike's was that there was always a gambit on the eggs that felt empty because – I remember this more than the paper slips, so maybe it was a later generation thing, but it could be like a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars stuff in this egg or nothing in this egg, but it wasn't changed because most light. of the eggs had changed. You couldn't shake it. Right, exactly. So you just didn't know what you were getting. 
you know that's funny i do remember that those very are well. good memories no definitely definitely yeah, good those memories. are cool is there anything else that you wanted to share before you know we what should we talk a little bit about i have a little note here written about talking about the lunch ladies oh sure what were your experience with lunch ladies like we now we all know that image that stereotypical image of the movie or tv show funny gross lunch lady with the hair net and the warts and she's acting nasty and she's mean what were your experiences with lunch? I think I had pretty normal lunch ladies and pretty normal lunch lady experiences. I do remember that there was this woman in high school that I had some sort of adversarial relationship with in the 11th and 12th grade lunchroom for some reason. Like, we just had a very tepid really? relationship. I don't know. I, it was probably my fault. But I don't really remember <laughs> the, the why of it. You know, like, you know, I'm sure it was me. But I don't remember the, the impetus for that. But isn't it funny, though? Because that was probably one of your first recollections of having, like, a beef with an adult. And you aren't even sure why, right? Right, exactly. It's very real. It's like, you know, it's one of those first experiences. Like, I don't know why we don't like each other, but I am a kid and this is an adult. Right. <laughs> I, I'm sure it was my fault. <laughs> you know, I just don't, re- I don't remember. I don't recall why that was. But yeah, other, she's the only lunch lady that I specifically remember. I, I remember the lines and like the way the lines would go. But I don't remember like the individuals, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't have any recollections of specific lunch ladies. You know what I have a really big problem with in school with my kids now? They're in public school. They're in a very good school district. But these kids have no time to eat. They have like literally 25 minutes to eat lunch. And I have a big problem with that. It wasn't like that when we were in school. No, we was had a full. It? it was a full normal period. It was just a period of right time. Like whatever you, you had lunch fourth period. You right, know? right. Forty minutes or forty five minutes. Right. Or I think it was. yeah. Forty one minutes. Forty two minutes. I think. It was. Right. Yeah, right. Forty two minutes. Which is why is it such an arbitrary amount of time? It also, is. why do kids go to school so early? Yeah, they go to school early. I feel like they go to school, school like eight o'clock or something like that. They start or earlier even, than that. It's like, what? Yeah, high school. That's totally bizarre, dude. Like, that's not the way the adult world works at all. Yeah. I, I was always a little confused about that. I'm like, that's a good point. If you're preparing everyone for the adult world, no one's starting. Work, well, I'm not saying no one. If you're working a normal office job or a normal nine to five, you're yeah. starting at nine. You're not starting at 740. Yeah, it's odd. I think it must be to accommodate parents going to work. I assume that has to be the reason. Otherwise, it makes literally no sense. Yeah, at all. 715, 720. It would make more sense to me to be like, why isn't school like 10 to five or something like that? It makes a little more sense. Well, to my me. kids, my kids go to school nine. You know, they're on the bus. School starts around nine and they get off the bus at four. So it's actually normal. But now when they get older in junior high school and high school, it's much earlier. You know, I do remember that that at school would have gradually start earlier. Yeah. The older yeah. It got. gets a little more challenging as as you need more sleep and need to sleep. And it does the opposite. Yeah, for it's, you, we- you it's very weird. High school kids need to sleep. Oh, and I did. I certainly did sleep. Sleep I did. <laughs> Do you remember the days of just, I can't even relate to the days where I would literally sleep for 12 hours, you know, 14 hours. Like what the, like. it's not even possible anymore for me to sleep that much. No. Even if I want, no, there's no, there's How no reality in which I'm sleeping for 12 hours. <laughs> no, no way. First of all, I get up to pee like every four hours anyway, but okay. second of all, you know, 12 hours. I'm lucky if I can even stay asleep for four or five hours without being, you know, anxious and awake. Yeah, I think the last time I probably slept like that was when I was in college on breaks. You know, if I would come home to mom or dad's house and not have to, you know, do school for three weeks because I was off. You know, I would have those days where I can intermittently sleep like that. That was probably the last time, you know, because then you're off, you're, you're working professionally, you got a busy career. You, now you're married, you own a house, you got all that going on, then kids. You know, it's like, yeah, that there's no opportunity for that anymore, you know? It's wild because, I don't know, I remember going to sleep, you know, on a Friday, for instance, in like 10th grade, and you just didn't know when you were going to wake up. Right. 
You went to bed at like one or two in the morning. Maybe it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Isn't that nice though? It is not, and like that, no one. Eventually, some people would like dad would have sometimes come in and like wake me up. Yeah, but yeah. Often I would just sleep, and then I would you know do dad's favorite move, which was bring the comforter downstairs and just lay on the couch, <laughs> wrap yourself in the comforter. <laughs> That's such a thing in our well with the siblings. Like everyone always busted my balls that I would just walk around in my underwear and like. And just have the comforter with me at all times. You liked it. That was your thing. It was. Dad used to get so mad. Like, I don't know why, though. I don't know. I think kids work hard. I think it's wonderful and the best time of your life. But I also think that it's actually a very hard time in a way. I'm very empathetic about that. I think if my kids were lounging around the house on a Saturday, I would know how hard they worked all week. They do work hard. You know what I mean? They get up. They go to school. They do well. They try to behave. They try to do a good job. They try to get good grades. You know, let them rest on a Saturday for God's let, sake. For God's sake, let your son come downstairs. Naked, wrapped in a just comforter. Just wrapped in a comforter. <laughs> watching History Channel, whatever the fuck it is. I would insist on watching it all times when the History Channel was actually good. That's funny. Some kids are so young that they don't remember when History Channel, and I know this is such a trite thing to say for some, but History Channel was literally all history shows. And yeah. then at some point in the, like the early to mid two thousands, it just wasn't history anymore. It became what like ice road truckers. Yeah, and all dude, it used stuff. to predictably be like you would be able to almost always watch something fucking rad on the History Channel yeah. at some point. It was awesome. And then the Discovery Channel and the Learning Channel were like your backups. Those were like my three things. Okay, you know, and you always had something in there to like deal with. Yeah, they all they all went the shit. Real, all of them. Real substantive. TLC is all about like hoarders now and yeah, my six hundred pound life and shit like that. Yeah. And by the way. Just a real sh- a quick shout out to the 600 pound, the 800 pound shows. It's a little out of control. Okay? I don't know those shows. Oh, the, the show's about like the 600 pound person, the 500 pound person, the 800 oh, pound person. Dude, it's it's it's, it's pretty wild stuff, dude. Man. I don't know how the hell that happened. They do a whole series on that? Yeah, like sometimes a mini series. Yeah, but sometimes a series about people, you know, identifying them, you know, identifying these people and then uh, their journey to lose the weight. Oh, that's the payoff. I think so often, yeah, like they go to like a gastro doctor and then they try to lose weight organically to see if they're fit to, you know, to get the surgery and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So it's their whole path to get (sighs) healthier. I mean, I looked at myself in the mirror yesterday and I I said literally aloud to myself, and this is 100% true. I literally said aloud to myself, am I getting tits? (laughs) I said that aloud. You look fine. You look good. But... You know, so I'm not making fun of fat people at all because I myself am overweight. You're but not. I don't think you're overweight. Dick. Really? Oh, that looks good. Yeah, Colin's shaking his little, uh, the love handles that nobody loves. But I just don't know that we need a show about it, you know? I agree with but you But I that. assume that the audience disagrees. Well, you know what? There's a, I mean, there's a lot of people in that situation that maybe they, it comforts them or they feel like they're learning from it or they could do it. It's encouraging to do that too. you know, try guess, to take yeah. that turn too or whatever. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. It's so interesting. I just preferred the shows about like space myself. Yeah. And you know, nature, nature but, and history and history. Yeah. I enjoyed those shows very much. You know, I understand the old joke, the old joke about the history channel where it's like the Hitler channel. <laughs> Cause it was just all <laughs> world war two. It was while. very much world war two. Oh, they loved world war two. But I was, uh, telling Aaron actually recently that history channel had all these random shows that were like about conspiracy theories or these weird one-off things that were like produced in the seventies and eighties and then like, you know, aired in the nineties and early two thousands. And I remember one of them being about Anastasia Romanoff about like all the fake people oh, that sure. were supposed. And I was, Aaron never heard that story. So I was telling her that anyway, it's a brief aside. Is there anything else you want to get into before we play? You're the worst. Oh, you're the worst. No, I think we covered everything, Kyle. I, I really wanted to get your context on, you know, recess and playgrounds and lunch, school lunch. What a time that was. What a time that was. 
What about times? What time was your lunch typically? I don't remember in school. That. I don't remember either. I don't remember that. With my kids, it could vacillate. I mean, they could have lunch at. Well, I know Helene, my wife, is a teacher. For those people that don't know, and I think her lunch period is like ten fifty in the morning right now or something. And then great, my youngest, his lunch is like one thirty. And then Lily is somewhere in there. Like my daughter's is like eleven forty-five or something. Yeah, I think it's all random. I do remember that like lunch started at like third period and ended at seventh period. So you're somewhere in that five, somewhere third, in fourth, that fifth, window, seventh. And I do remember like having seventh period lunch once and being like, "This is almost not worth it." Because then I have literally one class after this, and then I can go home. But at Bellport, we had eight periods, but there was also ninth period, which I I don't even remember that or if that was a thing where it was like a extracurricular activity kind of thing or if some people did have classes at that time like i had math ninth period once okay. for some scheduling conflict or whatever okay but yeah i don't remember specifically i do remember having one year of seventh grade or seventh period lunch okay and do you remember so. the kids like that you know you might have had friends in these school districts like the more upper echelon school districts on the island like shore and waiting river i had a friend jeff who went there they had like a burger king and a subway as part of their cafeteria yeah, I, I remember always hearing stories about those. Things, yeah, but never. It was like, like we had like a co- we had like schools. we had like a Coke machine that was unplugged. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't plug an it until like three o'clock, machine. and then you and know, an empty ham and cheese machine. bagels and French fries. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. It yeah, was. No, we had we didn't have that. Shit. Always sounded so exotic to me. It was like you had well, what? I remember one going to Northeastern. You know, not that it's the same as high school because obviously we're in college and you can just go do whatever the fuck you want. But our student center had one of the only Burger Kings in Boston, which was awesome. Oh, that's cool. And that they, a few years ago, tried to put a Chick-fil-A in there oh. and the baby fucking students at Northeastern because of the, you know, donations Chick-fil-A has made to pro traditional uh. marriage causes, shut it down. You fucking morons. You have any idea? I was thinking uh. about this. I graduated NU in 2007. If I was there when they were going to break ground on a Chick-fil-A and then that <laughs> shit got shut down, dude, I would have been so upset, wow. but they did put a five guys on campus. No way. So I'd be fat as all fuck. Did they lived... really? Yeah, they, they certainly did. On campus. Right at the corner of Huntington. I went there. It was right in the corner of Huntington and what is that? Westboro? Wow. I think. That must do well. Or St. Stephen's? Yeah, That's one of those. interesting. That's very interesting. Because I went there when I went to PAX a couple of years ago, PAX East. Yeah. I went to Northeastern to buy that jacket, that hockey, Northeastern hockey jacket I wear. And or that you know whatever it is like it's like a windbreaker and I was like what like I was like wa- I was walking like down Huntington because you know Northeastern's an urban school it's Huntington Avenue which is a, a huge road splits it basically in half and everything's on one side or the other and like on Huntington Avenue there's a five and I'm like what is going on here uh, this is incredible it used to be a Quiznos which was cool okay but this is that's one you know, step because at Quiznos I could like invest twelve dollars and get a day's worth of food. I remember that. Yeah, because the sandwiches were so big. I'd go Forgot there about like Quiznos. I'd go there like two. You know, not you know probably or actually certainly inebriated in some way, and I'd go order my sandwich, <laughs> and then you know you cut it in half. We should tell college. We should save college stories for another time because those are yeah, that'll be a fun one. That's a great topic. We could do a lot with that one. <laughs> I mean, that's like we could definitely do a lot. <laughs> Well, this was fun. Thank Ooh. you, everybody, for writing in. Those are a lot of fun. That was fun. I thought that was a good way to kind of direct the episode. I think it worked. Yeah, and it's nice to include you guys in the episodes oh, too. Definitely. You know, but you guys are you guys are such faithful listeners, and we appreciate you, and we appreciate your color. We love your stories. Oh yeah, it was great. Your you guys were cracking me up. Some of those are cracking me up, and the, the stuff about I was cracking up before about Dad. And oh, that was fun. I'm sure we'll hear from him real soon. Yes, Dad. What's way in on that? <laughs> All right, Dave, let's play You're the Worst before we okay. go. You uh, go first this time. Okay. 
So I want to know what the worst Nintendo console is. Oh. And I want to qualify this by saying it's got to be a home console, not a handheld, and it's got to be one of the mainstream ones. So I don't want Virtual Boy or anything Oh, okay. Like that. No Virtual Boy. Yeah. So so basically you have NES, NES, or NES, SNES, N64, GameCube, you know, Wii, Wii U, Switch. Yeah. Let me think about it. N64. Okay. I think <laughs> I think you jumped the gun a little bit. Okay. Wii U is certainly worse than N64. I like Wii U. Uh, you would. <laughs> you would. Isn't that the greatest insult? I've been saying that a lot to people lately. You would is like one of the great insults. Yeah, because it really makes you self-examine. Like, yeah, it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it makes you really, really put you off balance. So you think the N64 is worse than I the Wii I really U. don't like the N64. At I don't all. like... That's a, that's a Dagan take. Because I don't like 3D polygon games. I don't like it. You know? I hear you. Yeah, I think the N64 is one of the worst. I think without the Wii U, it would be... It would be a lot easier. Yeah. The Wii U's I understand. The Wii U's bad, dude. I understand why people don't like the Wii U. And the other thing about the Wii U is it got quickly dated. And if you look at the Wii U and how cumbersome and sort of, you know, it seems so antiquated now, especially compared to the Switch. Not that many years apart of those two things, that how antiquated the Wii U looks. But I enjoyed some of the games, you know. Sure. I enjoyed That's some fair. of the games. And N64, I really... And N64 really bypassed. That wasn't my era. You know, I did like GoldenEye, like certain games, but most of it, it just really... It leaves me cold. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, my friend. I am going to... I have a lot that I want to... I have about 16, and we only have nine episodes. Yeah, save them. So I'm going to save them for next time. But hit me with a good one. Hit me, Sergeant. I'm going to hit you with a good As one. As they might say in... What was that movie called? Mermaids? Was that yeah. One? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was with Cher? Yeah. Hit me, hit me Sergeant. <laughs> That was cute. I think that's a line for Christina Ricci. I think that's her character. Isn't oh, I think that? it is. Yeah, I think she's Yeah, I forgot it was I her. That's her. She's great. I like her. Yeah, she's a good actress. All right. I have a lot here that I like, but I'm going to go with Yeah, I like this one. The worst Star Wars character, but not Jar Jar, besides Jar Jar. Okay. Worst Star Wars character or the character Yeah, for for you the worst Star Wars character. We can remove all of the original trilogy. It certainly can't come from there. Okay. And I would probably say it can't possibly come from episode seven. Okay. That Holdo character sucks in episode eight, but I don't think it's her either. Purple haired. That's Laura Dern, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, she sucked, but it's got to be something from the prequels. I'm going to go with Boss Nass. Okay, that's a good answer. I think that's a reasonable answer. That's a great answer. I think I would do a runner up of like. Maybe Watto. I thought Watto. I thought it might be Watto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was curious about your take on that. When That's you leave good... Jar Jar out of the equation, I want to know what, you know, I don't want to know what everybody thinks, but those, those people with Star Wars pedigrees and opinions that I particularly respect, like yourself. Well, I appreciate that. I always that. want to know that. Yeah. Now, I will note, since we're talking about Star Wars really quick, and we did Return of the Jedi episode just a few episodes ago, or posted just a few episodes ago, Yeah. and the first episode ever of Knockback is about Empire. But we were talking in Jedi about how Dengar makes an appearance in Jabba's palace, which yep. was like this revolutionary thing to me, you know, 10 years ago. And I didn't know that. And then I was up late at night when I was editing that episode. And I just want to re- let everyone know to amend that episode that Bosk is also in Jabba's palace. Bosk is? Yes. I don't think I knew that. I didn't know that. Straight up. Really? Bosk is in there. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go see that now. Isn't that weird? That's very strange. I don't like that. That's yeah. too much now. That's too many people now. Yeah, what are they doing there? Where's Zuck is? Zuck is hanging out with the Zuck is might be in there too. That might be Zuck the next is, one. 
Suck, suck ass. Suck ass. <laughs> Kyle, really, before we go, I'm going to ask you something. I was going to yeah. keep this a, a thing between me and you, but might, might as well ask in front of the fans because sure. I want your take on this. Okay. I've been thinking about the prequels a lot. Oh, Jesus. And obviously, you, you we have the same take on the prequels. We really don't care for them. That sort of hate has lasted a long time. I was thinking about going back because personally, I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah. To go in and sort of do a re-examining. Okay. I'm not necessarily saying this could the result could either be doubling down on how bad we think they are, or it could be trying to find now at a later time, now time has passed, trying to find some sort of salvaging some sort of gleaning some sort of positivity from them. What can we find that's actually good? So I don't know. But just all encompass an all encompassing re-examining of the films well, we as can, a topic. We well, we can dedicate an episode to each of the movies. Okay, don't you think? I, I mean, think we, we dedicated. Could. I mean, why wouldn't we? We dedicated one to Jedi and one to Empire. So I think we could, we? Yeah. Sure, certainly. You know, and well, see what our take is now. You know, x year, x amount of years later. Right. And I don't. I hate to be pessimistic, but I don't see my perception changing. But. Maybe it does. And I'm kind of fascinated with the fact of how they look now. Because I literally haven't seen them since they came out. With the exception of maybe I've seen, personally, maybe I've seen Phantom Menace. You know, maybe the last time I saw Phantom Menace was 15 years ago. You know, maybe 12 years ago. But that's the, I haven't seen the other movies since they were in the theaters. I mean, we, can, we should definitely dedicate episodes to them as we move forward. You I know, we should do that. Might be something to do. Yeah, we'll do that, you know far away from now we yes. Can do that, yes okay no no i think we have to throw them one of those in at some point because i was actually thinking about that we've done you know empire and jedi and haven't done new hope a yet. new hope yet but i feel like it would actually be more fun to just jump forward and just do episode three or something like that or even episode one so i'm totally down for that and you pick the next set of topics so if that's one you want to throw in there okay have at it okay have at you have at you i think we're good to go good my friend that was a fun episode thank you Thank you so much, all of you, as Dagan already said, for submitting your questions, comments, and concerns. Remember to support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Stand. If you want, you know, exclusive episodes of this show and other shows that I do, if you want, you know, to be able to access early access to the topics, actually, we announce them early and then you submit your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas. You can get early access to every episode one week earlier than the free feeds. And there's more tiers than that. Your support on Patreon is essential. And we hope you consider supporting us over there so we can continue to do this and other shows. We thank you for that. We thank you for your love and kindness. We'll see you next time. Bye. Collins Last Stand Knockback is fan-supported over at patreon.com slash Stand. The following names are at the producer level or higher on Patreon, and I want to thank you from the very bottom of my heart for your incredible kindness and generosity. Martin Beck, Fred Bentz, Michael Betts, Eric Bishop, David Blodel, Mark Boggio, Spencer Brand, Isaac Brewer, Lennon Brixey, Matthew Brousseau, Josh Bushing, Austin Bullock, Andrew Burkhart, Dylan Burns, Alex Cabrera, Brian Cacciatolo, Will Caldwell, Jason Camargo, Luis Cancato, William O'Carroll, Matthew Carter, William Cashel, Brian Chand, Travis Chandler, Sean Chandler, Kenneth Char, David Chestnut, Steve Clifford, Simon Conception Jr., Brad Cooley, Cutter Crow, Nick Cummings, Daniel D'Amore, Daniel Delanicos, Travis DePew, Mitchell Durkash, David Ellis, Albert Escobar, Brian Fink, Joe Finelli, 
Eric Finkenbeiner, Stefano Fontana, Fodios Frangos, Connor Gazian, Alexander Gates, Michael Gates, Salem Ghanem El Ghanem, Daniel Glassford, Tyler Goodwin, David S. Graham, Josh Gravelick, Ryan Greenwood, Miranda Grubba, Andres Guzman, Tyler Harris, Asa Haas, Azan Isa Al Raisi, Josh Yeager, Paul Joyce, Greg Julifs, Jeremy Key, John Klott, Kevin Komaki, Taylor Christian Laudrin, Christian Larson, Jackson Lastuka, Donald Laws, Joe Lawson, Don Q. Lee, Ashlyn Lee, Anthony Lencioni, Patrick Leslie, Dustin Lewis, Keith Adrian Lewis, Chad Lewis, Mark Liberto, Aaron Litwiller, Lewin Ray Loper, Josh M, Ryan T. Mandel, Joe McPartland, Wyatt McVeigh, Albert Miranda, Patrick Malloy, Betty Ann Moriarty, Abe Mukhtar, Brian Nietzsche, Josh Netzel, Adam Nix, Brian Ott, Jorge Palomino, Todd Paxson, Brendan Peavy, Marius Scarson Peterson, Enrique Perez, Eric A. Peterson, Jason Pettit, Lawrence F. Prokop, Eric R. Pryor, Michael Renner, Peter Reynolds, Jonathan Rice, Toby D. Riemenschneider, Austin Riley, Ramon Rodriguez Jr., Petro Rose, A. G. Rowe, Matthew Savoy, John Schultz, Chris Schaefer, Toby Schutman, Riley Smith, Gerard Stewave, Stephen Summingit, Ahmad Tamar, Ben Thompson, Carl Tolman, Tam Tran, Dan Vale, Adam Van Kuren, Oakley Waldron, Justin Wagaman, Dade Michael, Edward Went, Mike Wayant, Tyler Woodall, Corey Wyatt, Tony Zaniga, Casual Misfits Gaming, Supershot ST, Mad Mock Media, Beric, Mubarak, Richter86, Dav9834, Chris, Wyatt Henry, Donk2015, and Random Guy Radio.